all guys gals and non-binary pals welcome to the newest episode of the noobs and knockouts podcast brought to you on youtube on spotify on google and apple podcasts i'm austin i'm a knockout watch a lot of wrestling i'm david i'm a noob haven't watched nearly as much wrestling and i pray every day for for dr death steve williams to come deck me in the face so i may have the the slightest chance at forgetting anything at all about this uh this particular storyline that we're following down i have to say yes we are continuing on with the brawl for all yes um, that which which is somehow like the most minor of all the storylines that we're it following quickly became nothing it yes quickly became nothing i like i'm far more invested begrudgingly mind you but still i'm far more invested in the fucking undertaker cahoots with kane bullshit than i am with whatever the fuck is going on with the brawl for all yeah so last time we were here july 20th 1998 was the go home show to fully loaded oh, uh tonight boy. we will be watching the july 27th episode the episode oh. after Wait, after fully, fully loaded. loaded which means our front half will be me talking about fully loaded and it was certainly a pay-per-view of all time <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure that's exactly what you messaged me i felt so bad man because like this this is one of those moments where it like really comes into stark contrast with me just how much work you have to put into this fucking podcast because because mm -hmm. i i was on my way to like northern michigan with my brother and one of my best friends and i'm just like i'm vibing out i'm in the car and you're texting me clearly in massive amounts of psychic pain from slogging through fully loaded over the course of a day because you couldn't do it in one sitting this show, this like, show oh, gave me this show gave me psychic damage that's this that's is this sure. is such a pobre cito moment man that was that was a rough one to, to 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 watch you secondhand go through. Yeah, all right. Let's just start from the bottom and go to the main and get to the main event, which is also at the bottom, to mind you. The it's a, it's a very every, every, nothing here is is a uh, uh, above okay. par as it were. So we open this fucking pay per view. I just want to op open. I want to tell you this that pay per view has a cold open, and oh, the no. cold open is Jerry Lawler going into Sable's locker room to try to get an interview slash a sneak peek of her outfit for later in the bikini contest. Oh, my God. And Sable obliges him. She goes behind, like, one of those, like, see-through screens, right? But it has you can just see her silhouette. And she, like, tapes her top off and lets Jerry look at her in her bikini top and he goes ah, ah, ah. oh my god they were literally just selling this fucking pay-per-view on come look at sable's tits that's literally the entirety of the marketing plan here there there was yep. no thought though like they were like ah sable has boobs yeah that's good enough hangs the whole pay-per-view on that what why what is Lawler a face right now? I can never, I can never fucking tell because I hate him either way. Yeah. So oh we open the paper. No, 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 no. Is Lawler a face? No, he. But you know, boom. Then why is Sable indulging him? 
because Sable likes showing off her boobs. I fucking hate. I fucking hate wrestling, dude. Go get on with the show. Anyway, the first match after that is we get goddamn Val Venus is here to open the show. Um, oh, oh, and, of course. And he's like, tonight I'm gonna do something I've always dreamed of doing. California, here I come. And he threatens to like pull his dick out. He like threatens to flash the camera. And then Tennessee Lee comes out and is like, now hold on there, boy, before you go and make a fool of yourself. Before you start furiously <laughs> masturbating on camera. And we get Val Venus versus Jeff Jarrett to start this pay-per-view. Built on what? Absolutely nothing. What? But what? Then what the fuck has the Yamaguchi-san shit been built? That, have him fight in a fucking handicap match with Kai and Tai. Don't, don't no, make me go through all that shit with, with, with Kyoko or whatever the fuck her name is. Uh, only to have nothing come of it at the fucking sex pay-per-view. Oh my god. No, instead, Kyan, instead, Yamaguchi-san sneaks out past the referee to get on the guest commentary, and he spends the whole time being like, well, your size isn't everything. And Jerry Lawler trying to ask if um, his wife has done any more videos. Like, Land of the Rising Venus. Do you have a, Do you have, have any more uh, punishment porn of your wife that I can analyze? Analyze? You know, when you when you next spank your wife, do you mind if you film it and send it to me? I have lots more cultural commentary to add to it. You know, back in the Orient. Nope, nope. Stop, Jr. Stop, Lawler. Shut up. Nope. Bad. Yeah. So, I mean, Val Venus wins. Okay, and uh, that's kind of the end of that. He just wins, and that's you know, the end of the segment. You know, everybody shits all over Je Jeff Jarrett for the way my man booked himself in TNA. But when you see what the Fed was having him do, can you can you blame him for trying to reclaim reclaim some of his you know sense of dignity? Like, mm -hmm. did, I I would feel like a broken man too if I was made to job out to Val fucking Venus. Maybe maybe Jarrett had a point actually. Mm -hmm. So the second match is the year is a uh, match between D'Lo Brown and X Pac. It is a non-title match, um, for reasons. What? Um, and you'd think this would be an excuse for X Pac to beat D'Lo, except. The Godfather interferes and allows D'Lo to get the win. So D'Lo just beats X-Pac. What? What is happening? Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. That's all I got to say about that. Well, that's clearly what the fucking bookers were saying backstage too. WWF fully loaded. Yeah, Whatever. That's, then that's the next the, that's the tagline actually fully loaded the next match <laughs> is two cold scorpio and farouk versus okay. bradshaw and terry funk is it so just brawl for all dudes in a tag match for reasons 
Yeah, they. I think they one time mentioned the brawl that Too Cold and, and Bradshaw have advanced in the brawl for all. Other than that, that's the only mention of the brawl for all on the entire pay per view. Weren't wait, weren't Farouk and and Funk also in the brawl for all? Am I crazy? No, they were not. Okay, never mind. Never mind. They had better. They had more dignity than this. So, what was the reason for this match? I I ask in a futile attempt to, to grasp. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, well, I'll tell. Okay, the the the. Okay, there was no build, but there was a point in that. So before the mat, before the match, Terry Funk and Bradshaw are cutting a promo, and uh -huh. Terry Funk reveals that he, after this match, he will be retiring from the WWF for at least six months. <laughs> he what? originally is like, "I'm never coming back," and Bradshaw's like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, "I got a rest." And we drew for maybe six months. I'll be back. What is happening? Were he and wait, were were Funk and and JBL like buddies? Apparently, okay. And Farouk and Too Cold. Uh, we got two. They've two been tag teaming on at... Shotgun. Um, oh wait, wait. Farouk and Too Cold have. Yeah, they've been tag teaming okay. on Shotgun. Uh, at least they're established. And then Too Cold Scorpio beats Terry Funk to win the match. And then they, after the match, he should. and then after the match, JBL turns heel and beats up Terry Funk. <laughs> so, is this is this uh, is this like the when when JBL is born as a character, or is no? It like, he hasn't we, even he up? hasn't even become he hasn't even done the APA yet with oh oh no oh, he hasn't he's no oh, he's shit. now he's now he's just big heel bad guy big okay. heel cowboy man. Okay. Um, the only thing interesting about this match is seeing Farouk and Bradshaw on opposite teams pre-APA. That is um, interesting. Other than that, it's is a match that happened. I'm fucking forgetting that Farouk was APA too. Fuck. Anyway. Yeah. And then we had Mark Henry versus Vader. Um and it happened, and uh Mark Henry won <laughs> the end. Cool. Also based. This is when I texted you that like, this pay-per-view sucks. Is is yeah. right around here. Three, what, three matches in, none of which had any semblance of a point or, or build no. or anything. No, they all just happened. Um, oh my god. Literally, literally, I was being hyperbolic. They were literally just marketing this on Sable's tits. And then uh we had the Disciples of Apocalypse versus LOD, a oh, few okay. that has had a build, but I wish I didn't happen. Um, yeah, it was fucking stupid, but at least it's something. So, and then they the DOA won with Twin Magic. They can they can do that. Yeah, yeah Skull and A Ball are the Harris twins. Um. Oh fuck! And, they're twins. Oh yeah, shit, I didn't notice. Which that. actually is why Paul Ellering apparently fed this line to the commentary team to say, but he said it's easier to coach the DOA than it is the Road Warriors because since they're twins, he only has to program one mind. Oh, is that twin? Oh man, twin man. Oh, mind I'm sure he was psychotic. so fucked. Jesus Christ, I bet he was so fucking proud of that lie. Yeah, what? but man, basically... That man thought that was a fucking slam dunk. Holy but shit. basically, oh, like, no. the Road Warriors hit their finish, and then the illegal man for the DOA breaks up the pin, and the ref misses 
And then the illegal member rolls out of the ring. The ref missed all of this. And so the illegal member of the team pins Animal to win. Sure. I so guess. twin magic. Fine. They won with twin magic. They won via twin magic. Okay. And, and sure then pay off and give us something. Okay. And then and we then. it's time for the dungeon uh, match between uh, Owen Hart oh. and Ken Shamrock. Oh, yeah. Refereed by Dan Severn. Yeah, the the extremely what the fuck match. Yeah, no, no ring, no ropes. They're literally just fighting in a wooden basement. Wait. Um, Wait, does Stu not have a ring in that basement? I don't see where a ring would fit in the goddamn basement. Oh my god, wait. This completely changed. I thought Stu had like a whole like fully furnished ass basement. No, it's just a fucking any basement you would see in an old house. Oh my fucking god. That makes the fucking torture dungeon even funnier and more fucked up as a concept. And even more surprising that it was not a sex thing for Stu Hart. Truly the highlight of this match was Owen Hart wearing Zubaz pants to the fight. Um, That's a choice. So the match is five minutes of not much because as it turns out, you can't really do a lot of like actual wrestling in here. Um, they There are a few times where they like hit a fucking pipe that's just hanging from the ceiling. They just accidentally hit it in the face trying to like move in this guy oh my god oh my god this one time this basement is so every basement in america that it has that pipe you have to watch your head on oh my god one time owen does like a hurricane rana like he grips the pipe and swings off the pipe into a hurricane rana coolest move in the match uh one time also one time Owen lifts up Ken Shamrock and he sends Shamrock's head through some broken drywall ceiling. Jeez. Like a hole in the drywall. Fucking um, hell, dude. The match ends when Owen Hart accidentally super kicks Severn in the face and knocks him out. And then and then Owen grabs a dung a, a dumbbell, hits Ken Shamrock in the face with it, and then insanely he gets down and he like ostensibly puts owen he he like gets down on ken shamrock's back and he starts like grabbing shamrock's hand and like moving it like he's trying to he makes it look like shamrock is tapping out and severn being a fucking moron doesn't thinks this is legit he doesn't see owen is moving the arm it's a dimly lit basement man how can you expect how can you expect my man to tell so Owen Hart wins the dungeon match. Holy shit. So the whole like Dan Severin is going to be fair and balanced TM thing comes into play exactly zero times because he's, he's just a dumbass and he got knocked out. Stupid. Also. He's yeah. just stupid. I'm so glad to see all of the fucking stories that, that have been at all brought up in the month leading up to fully loaded have had like have had good pay. I'm so glad austin that yeah. every little thing they incorporate has just been you know thrown the fuck out the window who needs it fully loaded <laughs> all right so we have finn the ic title match between the rock and triple h oh hey uh, a thing that's actually a thing two like, out of three falls two out of three falls oh um, this has the potential to slap 
it kind of does. Um, it Peace! it has all the interference ever. <laughs> um, That's and big. also it ends in a time limit draw. They go 30 minutes, tie at one to one, and it's a draw. The Rock keeps the what? <laughs> no, you know, I thought there was no way they could fuck it up, Austin. Like the all the interference is stupid, but I can't be that mad at it because over here I am bitching that nothing's being set up for. Well, we've clearly set up the fact that DX and the nation cannot help themselves but to run in and cause the messiest. Of, of endings on every single match fought by any one of their fucking members with each other. Uh, mm -hmm. So at least that's like a payoff. But oh my god, they fucked up a two out of three falls with a time limit draw? Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is one of those things where like I would appreciate it except like all American wrestling promotions. Like nobody emphasizes a time limit draw so it's like time limits so it feels unearned for there to be a draw. Yeah. Like, they never like, do it. They don't. Yeah, like, it, like, I, I have come to, I, I've come to have more of an appreciation for, for, like, time limits on matches, uh, watching how AEW implements them, because, like, they'll implement them intelligently, sparingly, they, they are a thing that can happen, and, you know, it is consistently mentioned that whole, that, that each match has a time limit. Like, I'm like, all right, mm -hmm. fine. I can get down with this. But, but here, when you, when you have two out of three falls in this fucking feud that has been brewing and brewing for the goddamn IC title, and it's, like, you should not, I, personally, I think it's just objectively incorrect to do, like, two out of three falls on a, uh, on a, on, or, or time limit draw on a two out of three falls match, unless you have a really good reason for that. Yeah. Uh, and stacking it also with all of the interference shenanigans ever with DX and the nation again, could work, but I've seen how this shit goes down. I don't trust that this is like going to be utilized all that well in the long run. Yeah. So I, I know where this goes. I'll just go ahead and say it. Cause it's not like we're watching SummerSlam 98. Yeah. So I don't feel compelled to like protect you from knowing where this leads. Yeah. But this actually leads to like one of Triple H and Rock's greatest and most memorable matches with a ladder match at SummerSlam for the IC title. That That is the payoff here. Fuck. Okay, that actually sounds pretty great. God damn it. But to get there, we had to do a two out of three falls match that ended in a time limit draw. God. A thing that was not set up at all yeah. before this match. Yes, that's even fine. Even if it pays off in a sick ladder match. Yeah, fuck you. You didn't say shit about it. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, so. And now it's time for the bikini contest. Oh. Uh -huh. Oh, okay. You know, there were some bits. There were multiple mid-show promos. But I will. they tie into the main event, so I will save them for that. Sure, sure. So the bikini contest is Jacqueline and Sable. Jerry Lawler is the MC because of course he is. Oh, it's not um, even a fucking match. It's just a contest. It's a bikini contest. I it's one of the, it's it. the like, it's the like, you know, it's, it's the like, they come out in bikinis and then like cheer for who you like the most fan situation, you know? Okay. Um, so Jacqueline comes out and then say, and Sable comes out, you know, they're both wearing the robes. 
you know, got to be for the big reveal. And then, uh, so Jacqueline goes first. She comes out. Super skimpy bikini, by the way. She comes out, super skimpy, red bikini. She's dancing around. They got music playing. And she has a nip slip uh, that they have to censor out. So great, as I put it, great start. Um, This is going great already. Uh, But okay, she gets done with her turn. And then Sable comes out. Then Sable's part. She takes off the robe and she is in like a top, like a tank top kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jerry is like, Sable, what? I mean, I saw what you were wearing earlier tonight, and this is not what you were wearing. And uh, Sable explains that after on after on Raw, she had promised that her bikini would be fully loaded or whatever. And how she promised that she would make her like Slammy's outfit look like con- super conservative by comparison or whatever yeah. the wording was. Yes. She promised to be se- spicier than ever, essentially. And yeah. allegedly, and allegedly. I, I, this is the most unrealistic part of this entire storyline in my mind. 100%. And this is a storyline where, again, two women are mad at each other and so their solution is to like have a bikini contest that's that is how you resolve why, the tension i still don't um, fully understand why they're mad at each other but like sure god man silly bullshit um yeah it's dumb but anyway sable claims that you know she reminds everybody of this that, that you know vince is the only reason she's back in this company a thing that a plot point they have not mentioned in weeks um but she meant she says that Vince McMahon brought her into his office and said, and he told her to not wear whatever it is that she was wanting to wear, to wear something oh more conservative. Oh my God. I refuse to believe that Vince McMahon There's has no ever way. brought a woman into his office and said, I want you to dress more conservative. Actually, wear more clothing. That he has never said that ever. Not not once, not to not to any female on this on this planet. Um uh Vince Vince McMahon over here trying to like build all of the heat he can for the Mr. McMahon character by taking away Sable's tits from the audience. Oh truly just just creative genius. So okay. So she's like, well, she first of all is like my definition of conservative is not the same as Vince Mc Mr. McMahon's. And then she is like, you know what? This is live on pay-per-view. Anything can happen, and there's not a damn thing Mr. McMahon can do about it. And oh. so she takes off her tank top to reveal she is not wearing a bra. She is topless, except that she has black painted, like black painted hands over her nipples to oh, cover them. She God. is otherwise completely topless sherry lawler loses his mind i hate this i hate and this this, she parades around for everyone to see her goddamn boobs and until vince mcmahon comes out and puts a jacket on her and forces to cover up boo Mr. McMahon, fuck you. How dare you not let us objectify Sable to the fullest possible extent on pay-per-view. Boo! Boo this man. Stocks him. Murder him. 
to yeah. rip him limb from limb. So this whole time, Mark Marrow and Jacqueline are enraged at this. They are like screaming about how the, this is not a bikini. That 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 Jacqueline is the winner because this is not because because Sable did not wear a bikini. Anything's a bikini if you try hard enough. But yeah, that that's the that's the bikini contest, everybody. Oh boy. Is, I'm so glad. I'm so is glad. One where both women showed their their tits and only one of them was intended was to do that. Yes. So yes, seriously. Fantastic. Fuck. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh my god. I feel so bad for both of them. Holy now shit. Now it's time oh, for the main event. Thank you. Cool. But first, oh my god. There are shenanigans. Because of course there are. Early in the show, we go backstage to Kevin Kelly and Dr. Tom Pritchard on the call line to reveal that The Undertaker is not in the building. He has not come to the building yet. Where is The Undertaker? And it becomes a thread the whole night about whether or not Undertaker is going to show up. They have a fillery-ass, two different filler fucking promos where first... Kane and Mankind and Paul Bearer come out to just gloat about how Kane Undertaker is a coward and he's not showing up and blah 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 blah. Yada 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 yada. And then the un- and then fucking Vince McMahon and the Stooges come out later in the show to fill time, where Vince <coughs> is like, "I want to make clear to everybody that if the main event does not happen tonight, that it is not my fault." And <laughs> he you. he's like, if you look at the program for this show, you will see card subject to change. Really? Oh my fucking god, Which dude. Which is a legitimate thing. And sometimes occasionally WWE has said have talked about on air. Yeah. But um but so Vince is like, if Undertaker does not show up tonight. I need to give Stone Cold, present Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin with a replacement tag partner. And here he is. And he brings out the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh, no. Oh, God damn it. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that, that, that this certainly added to the tension of whether or not Undertaker were chosen. I'm sure this did not immediately cement in the minds of every single fucking person watching what the outcome of this would be. Oh my god. In a, in a different timeline, we had Kane and Mankind defending their tag titles against Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Brooklyn Brawler. But what and- was instead the jobberiest red herring in history, it never comes up again because the Undertaker just shows up to the building. With like an yeah. hour ago in the show, <laughs> he get he get he gets fu- he catches fucking wind of Brooklyn Brawler and Taker's like no, there ain't no way he's we... getting my he's not getting my main event payroll payday. Oh my God, yeah, fucking Mark Mark Calloway would fuck off. So the main event after all this bullshit happens exactly as advertised. Um, Stone Cold and The Undertaker versus Kane and Mankind for the tag titles. And the match ends. I mean, the match is is decent. It's as good, you know, it's as good as this is a match between these four is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you know, Undertaker shows some reluctance to tag in at certain points, of course. But Absolutely. then we get to the big climactic moment. Uh, Stone Cold is going for the ta- hot tag, and the Undertaker's thinking about it. He's unsure. And after a long deliberating moment, he tags in. Oh, he goes to town. He beat, he gives uh, tombstones to everybody and pin and undertaker and stone cold win the match and are the new tag team champions. That's insane. Actually. I didn't know stone cold was ever a tag team champion. He was a tag team champion a couple of times outside oh of, my. of course, his tag team with the Hollywood blondes. Which well, yeah, but like, but like guy. in, in WWE as Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Uh, so, so he, they win the tag belts, but uh-oh, Undertaker grabs both belts and leaves with them both because in his mind, he won the match himself. So I get both belts. And he just leaves Stone Cold in the ring being like, what the fuck? Oh my God, uh, son of a bitch. I was, you know, I was actually pleasantly surprised there. I was like, of course, he's going to go for the hot tag and Taker's going to step away and like, all right, the cahoots Mm -hmm. are going to be revealed and we can finally move on. No. No, we're uh, not done cooking cahoots yet. Well, well, because I fucking thought for a second, oh, they're just going to be unironic about this. You know what? I'll take it. That's a nice surprise. Did not see. No, no. Taker's got to be. I don't know, take her about it. He's got a yeah. grumpy, like, grumpy pre-biker take her about it. Fucking hell. So this show had a couple of decent matches, and in my mind, no redeeming payoffs to anything. Nothing! Um, None whatsoever! Nothing is complete! We're still just, everything is still chugging the fuck along! As as was super common in, the attitude, in Vince Russo Attitude Era pay-per-views, the pay-per-views build to Raw. The Raws don't build to the pay-per-view. So seriously, Jesus. So like, fuck you, people who paid forty bucks or however much this was. You can you go watch Raw, dipshits. Yeah. Ah uh, ah uh, uh, No, but if if you didn't shell out those forty bucks, you couldn't have seen Sable's boobs. Sable's titties. Sable's puppies. Oh my god, kill me. I hate it here, Austin. I hate it so much. The the only interesting fact of this show is that it is one of the last five in-your-house pay-per-views. Other than that... I still can never remember what the fuck the the in-your-house pay-per-views are. Right, right. Okay, so this was invented in 95, I think, is the first in-your-house. Late 94 or 95. It was uh, May 1995 was the first Uh in-your-house. It was basically like WWE wanted to experiment with monthly pay-per-views, but they also recognized that business is not hot, and uh, we don't think we could sell that $60 pay- $50 pay-per-views every single month. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would eventually change their attitude on that when the Attitude Era and happened, and suddenly we absolutely can make money and charging $50 pay-per-views every fucking month. Uh, milk, so milk. The in-your-house concept was basically like, in uh, I'll explain why it was called in your house in a second, but it was basically like the in between the big four pay per views, pay per views, and the gimmick. Okay. One of the gimmicks was they're only like twenty bucks, so Ooh, they're noted B level pay per views, but they are cheaper. 
And uh, the reason they originally called it In Your House is um, as part of a gimmick where they would... Oh, sorry, big five pay-per-views. I forgot King of the Ring was a pay-per-view at this point. Um, but they they did a gimmick where um, the they, they ran a sweepstakes on this first In Your House pay-per-view, and the winner would receive a house. Oh, like, okay. They, they, they gave someone a house in that, Orlando, Florida. That's uh, kind of cool, actually. Yeah, and they, they, they was a legitimate sweepstakes. They legitimately gave the house away and um uh and the house was the it was sold to a cut to a family in nevada and they sold the house for hundred and seventy five thousand dollars six months later oh so, shit good for them That's very nice good, good job okay i don't hate that actually <laughs> yeah so that was uh that was the initial they obviously didn't do that again um, oh boo they're not they're not giving away a house every single show. You mean to tell but me that NXT in your house was not They did not that. give away a house. Damn, false advertising. What the fuck? Yeah, they would uh keep initially they were all numbered. The first 16 were numbered and then given a given a um uh a tagline. Mm. Uh there's in your house like especially in your house 3 triple header in your house four great white north in your house uh nine international incident in your house not ten mind games stuff like that that's cute uh after uh then they started doing then in september of 97 they changed it so it was like pay-per-view name in your house it became ground zero in your house unforgiven in your house fully loaded in your house and They kept that naming gimmick until February 99. St. Valentine's Day Massacre in your house was the final one. And then after WrestleMania 15, they just took, they cut the in your house part off of, off of the pay-per-view titles. That's, that's, you know what, that, that's fair enough. That, that, that Mm -hmm. seems like it, you know, I, I appreciate a thematic, uh, series, you know, like Mm -hmm. a little, little little bit of tagline action never hurt anyone. All right. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, Fully Loaded sucked. Um, yeah, sounds like some bullshit. And now tonight we begin the second round of the Brawl for All. I'm so excited. Now you should be, because I'll just go ahead and give a little minor spoiler here. This is a major turning point of the Brawl for All tournament. After oh. four solid weeks of total shit ass. Yes. This is where things turn around just a little bit for the brawl for all. Oh God. I, you know, you say that like I should be excited, but I still can't help but get a slight sense of dread at this, uh, at this revelation. Well, I'll let you, I'll let you see for yourself how you feel. Ah, make your own decisions. I see. Yes. Uh, but if you would like to watch along with us, you can do so at Peacock, uh, NBC Universal streaming service. And that's where WWE has licensed out all of their content. Uh, so we'll be back in the back half to discuss the July 27th, 1998 episode of Monday Night Raw. Oh, hell yeah.
And we are back. We have finished the July 27th, 1998 episode of Raw. And so I, I got to start here. I got something I got to say. Yeah, yeah. Hi, hi, how, you do, how you doing, buddy? Listen, I try really hard on this podcast to have an open mind and to be respectful of other people's tastes in wrestling. Mm -hmm. Um. I understand that for some people, this is basically the height of wrestling in their heads. This is for them. This is like a peak era of time in pro wrestling. And I get it. I can't judge. I mean, my, my particular era of nostalgia means that I look at 2012 WWE and I say, was it really so bad? So, you know, I can't be that judgmental about anyone who really really likes 1998 raw but and i've tried and listen for the golden age stuff you know the matches are trash but the presentation and the characters of that i love golden age wwe i have so much fun every time we do really old not really, really old. Not, like, not, not really old, but like that nice middle Hogan ground. Era, I, Hulkamania, Hogan era WWF. I've had consistently had a lot of fun on this podcast whenever we went there. If your favorite era of wrestling is 1998, I don't know how much I can fuck with you. I, I don't know I, how much we can connect be for you. as wrestling fans. Because well, it, dep- it, it depends on the level, right? If they're like completely bought into it all or if it's just nostalgia. Because holy shit, I hated this episode. I like it's not great. I initially was like, okay. And then stuff kept happening. I'm like, you know what? This, okay, this is bad. And this is bad. About 40 minutes in, I hated it. And it somehow kept going. It arguably <laughs> got worse from the point this one where I said, I hate this episode. This one was a slog to get through, to be sure. Uh, I, I don't know if I stand here with quite as much vitriol as you. I think, like, okay, I fucking hate the Attitude Era. Oh boy, do I hate the Attitude Era. And I I overall enjoy Golden Age stuff more, but I don't know if I can necessarily say I, like, overall, like, I, there, it's so hard for me. Because on one hand, like, Golden Age stuff is, it's so, like, goofy, and the goofiness can just sometimes be really hard for me to get, like, invested in. Especially because it's, like, one of those uh, eras that I have the least frame of reference for. Like, it's just a lot of, like, dudes who I still don't know all that much about. Um, Whereas, like, Attitude Era, it sucks. It fucking sucks. But that being said, I have more of a connection to the things going on within it. Um... And in some ways, I it's a little more fun in that I'm allowed to, like, get to my full level of, like, cartoonishly baffled by literally everything that's going on. Um, and that that is an enjoyable, as a content creator, that's, that's an enjoyable aspect of this to me. But yes, all that said, <laughs> this, this was 
a load of stinking trash. And I have, and for this podcast, I've watched probably a year's worth of Attitude Era at this point. Yeah, you've you've had to invest a lot more into this than I have. So which I have a very, I have a much larger point of reference here. And I'm still like bleh. Yeah, bleh 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 bleh. Yeah, um, no. Uh, poor Austin puts himself through the ringer for this show. Okay, let's just go. Um, we get a recap video of Fully Loaded. Uh, where oh Christ, an angelic choir flashback to Fully Loaded. Like yeah. they're making, they're painting out to be the most glorious, um, uh, the most glorious event to have ever crossed your TV screen. Which is funny because we're still in the era of like, even though. As you very astutely put it in the front half, um, pay-per-views are there to build up to Raw and not the other way around. Um, they are still only showing pictures, still images from the fucking pay-per-view, because God fucking forbid that we show just any motion we still uh, got this page we, show we for free. Get the, we still got to get those, uh, we still got to get those, uh, those, uh, replay buys. Okay, yes. Well, so... oh, well, except, except we will show, like, the video of Sable behind a screen taking off her shirt. Tits! Sable's tits! Like, show what happened in the bikini contest. They put a massive sensor bar over her boobs. But, oh, like, my God, yeah. You watched it happen. You can tell the what only, happened. The only the thing more important to wrestling, the, the only the only thing more important than money to wrestling promoters is is truly just disrespecting the fuck out of the women who work for them. That is that is the one thing that trumps profit for any of these carny ass motherfuckers. Tony Khan, I'm looking at you too. Yeah. So, um, I made a note of the line anticipation gave way to titillation because I thought that was oh my god, Sable's tits. They they really hit their dictionary to find as many words that end in Asian as they could get for this video. Libation. Damn Suicidal ide Suicidal ideation, which is what I had after watching this fucking episode. Right. So out comes the it was, it, well, and, and, I, and I will I, I will give it this. The, the video package is like if you don't have any context for fully loaded. It's pretty cool on its own. It's got the epic music and the big text and whatever. But with any semblance of context, oh my god, it just, it, all of the coolness goes away and it's just fucking lame. But yes, <laughs> the fucking episode has begun proper. Um, and we're here, we're here at Monday Night Raw on July 27th in the year of our McMahon 1998. Um, the captions are saying that this is the WWE instead of the WWF because, you know, um, and we open the show to the truly devastating revelation that the bikini contest bullshit is not over. Because no, we have, have to, whole... we have to give out the trophy. And you can. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. But we, we do open the show with The Undertaker coming out with his new yes. minist the ministry version of his theme, as has been oh. commonly called. This is the music he's going to have when he is the uh, when he does the full Ministry of Darkness later. Into yeah, next I did year. notice. 
I didn't notice it wasn't the usual Taker. Yeah, this is um, his new his new remixy theme. He debuted it at uh, Fully Loaded. Oh. oh shit! You you know he's a heel now because he's got a dubstep remix. A uh, Taker comes out with both tag belts, and yes. guess what's guess who's back? Back again, the laser pointers. Oh, Dude, how we have oh missed you for quite some time. God. Oh my god. These fucking you know, we we shit on a lot about the Attitude Era. Uh there's a lot that I personally hate about the Attitude Era. One one uh part of the Attitude Era that I don't think it, it, that I think is rather underrated in terms of like our deep seething hatred for it is the fucking laser pointers. All of the juvenile dipshits in the audience who thought it was funny to like risk blinding a wrestler so they can get a red dot on tv that vaguely belongs to them congratulations you're an idiot <laughs> it's it is very funny though as dumb as it is that this is like a thing that ever that multiple people presumably decided to do <laughs> oh well, yeah, no absolutely some some genius had the brilliant idea and then everybody had to do it I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised that just everybody didn't bring a laser pointer. That we that like everything on the screen was just write it out from an entire arena pointing their fucking laser. Yeah. So Taker, <laughs> I hate it. Taker gets in the ring and he gets a mic and he says, "Last night I tombstone my brother into hell." Which, stole- which, which I, I want to say, I want to say that would be a cool line if we haven't like at this point seen Kane literally like hell underground before like didn't we have that whole didn't we start this shit off with him like being buried or whatever or the fucking like arm coming out that whole gabagoo wasn't that him i thought that was undertaker that did that oh i thought that was kane they've both done stupid gabagoo like that so you know yeah okay yeah well, that's the thing like we've seen him we've we've seen kane like get to hell levels of subterranean all right having his head Hit a hit a wrestling ring is not nearly the depths of hell that we've seen him reach, but you know, sure, whatever. But Taker. Stone Cold Steve Austin and I are the world tag team champions. Now we may be champions, but we'll never be partners unless Stone Cold comes out here right now and apologizes to me. I demand For an apology. For reasons? For not believing in him. That's that's what oh my. he wants an apology for. Is for yes, not believing as, as, as we know, Undertaker is a man who truly cares about like manners and cordialness and like brotherhood. And he didn't uh, do anything sus. It's it was so he really didn't, yeah. he, owe, he owes nothing to anybody. Undertaker uh, Steve Austin should apologize. Oh yeah, no, ab- absolutely. He did he did nothing wrong, and he's very hurt by the insinuation that he would ever. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, but so Vince, Vince McMahon try. comes out. Vince, is like, Vince you McMahon. demand an apology? Vince McMahon. <laughs> In a very normal move for him, is incensed at the idea of demanding apologies from Stone Cold Steve Austin. You think Vince himself would never do. He would never want that. But no, he, he comes in here, he's like, you know... Sometimes I just can't believe my ears. You're demanding an apology from Stone Cold? Now, let Mm -hmm. me see. The reason you're demanding an apology is because 
since you tombstoned your brother Cain to hell. You think that proves that you and Cain were not conspiring together, right? Oh, my God. Not in my book. Oh, my God, Vince. Vince McMahon oh my God. goes full conspiracy theorist that the proof that there is not a conspiracy is, in fact, actually proof that there is a conspiracy. Shut the fuck up about cahoots, you goblin. The, the shitty thing is that Vince is like, he's making a decent point here that, like, uh, we don't, this is still not, like, the, we, the, not, like, 100% solid, like, Kane and, and Taker aren't, like, aren't, you know, planning shit and just trying to, like, throw off their scent. Because, like, he's like, yeah, no, you both are pretty impervious to pain, so a tombstone to Kane, which probably wouldn't be, like, yeah, the Vince, worst thing in the world. And I'm like, you know what? Vince that, he's not Vince making... Vince explicitly calls out that at WrestleMania, when Kane and Undertaker fought each other, uh, Undertaker had to tombstone Kane three times to beat him. And so yeah. now Kane, he is suspicious of the fact that one tombstone was sufficient in this tag team match. Yeah, so so heartbreaking the worst person you know made a good point. But also, like, I don't care because I'm just too fucking annoyed by how hard this shit has gotten dragged out. I I I have lost the ability to give a shit, Austin. It's the same thing. It's the exact same segment as last week and i'm pretty sure there was a segment the week before that was also almost the exact same i don't know i've lost track it's all fucking stupid uh but undertaker but vince it's him do you realize what you did to me you put yeah. your hands on me last week, and he's all like, oh, I'm so like traumatized. And, yeah, and Undertaker which, just which, goes, which, I might do it again. Yeah, yeah. Undertaker's direct quote is, I'll fucking do it again. I'm um, glad you said it because I also thought it. I'll yeah, no, I'll absolutely. I'll fucking do well, it again. Well, well, the, well, the thing is, like, uh, you know, this is not the first time in Vince McMahon's personal history that he is faking some kind of neck injury for personal bullshit points. Yeah, Vince uh, out here claiming he has a neck injury like he's on trial for steroid distribution. But um, like, man, you gotta sell this way better. Where's the neck brace? Come on Get the now. neck brace, Vince. I know you still have True. it. True. Yeah, he just got it in a vault somewhere and it's just labeled all reliable. Yeah, <laughs> And so he he want he's gonna get this apology right now. But first, he does announce that the main event for tonight will be Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Undertaker defending the tag titles against the New Age Outlaws. I I uh, I want to say I've come up with a tag team name uh, that I think I'm pretty proud of. Uh, the Stone Cold Dead Men. I feel like I feel like that's not bad. I feel like that's pretty all right. Um, bad. So sto um, Stone. Stone Cold Dead Men versus uh, NAO for the main event. Uh, that's that's set. But before Vince's, you know, apology demanding can go any further, the glass shatters. Woo nah, woo, nah, you nah, know nah, the thrill. Nah, 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 yeah. Nah. Uh, I, and and the funny thing you hear is Vince. Vince just kind of tucks his tail between his legs as soon as Stone Cold shows up and just gets out of the ring. And just he no interaction. Not stay in the ring until Undertaker apologizes to him. I know. I love how all of the feuding with Stone Cold has just resulted in Vince being like, 
fucking scared of being any remote proximity he, any, to Austin. He is not staying anywhere within stunnering distance of, yeah. of Steve Austin. Um, I also noted at this point... What? No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I did note that Jim Ross is fully in the tank that we owe Undertaker an apology and that he is on the up and up. <laughs> okay. Uh, all uh, right. Please, let, please then, let me take this one because, oh okay. boy, the line we get from Stone Cold. Stone Cold Steve Austin trounces his way down to the ring, gets, a, gets on the mic, and he says... <laughs> He says, "You come to, to hear, you come out here to demand an apology from Stone Cold Steve Austin." Okay, there, I a, there was a lot of funny bits before that, but I do, I did. Love, we're gonna get that. Is he's like, you go. He first he points at Vince, and he's like, "You go ahead and get your sorry ass off the ramp. I ain't got a damn thing on my ring." And Vince is like, "Oh yes, sir. Do you need anything okay, else, sir? sir? Sorry, sir. I'm leaving." Uh. And as far as is... you're concerned, talking to Undertaker, yeah. you hit the nail right on the head, son. Are we champions? <laughs> Hell yeah. And the crowd, of course. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. No, I never asked to be your friend. I ain't here to be your friend or run circles around you because I don't give a damn about all that. But Stone Cold says, you know, if tonight he will defend his belt that Taker has in his grubby little hand. And then, yeah, he's um... like, when you come out here and demand an apology from Stone Cold. Eh, eh. And the, the fucking subtitles had the audacity to claim that he said, uh-uh. No, the fuck he did not. That was distinctly. Austin, Austin, you, you tell me that we need to do... More attitude error arcs, and my response is anger. Ah. <laughs> and then uh, I got your apology right here. Flips the bird. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah that was great. Right. I got it. Yeah, that's, that's about right. Yeah. Man. We do. We we get some announced segments for later in the night as we get The Rock versus X Pac versus Triple H for the Intercontinental title. Goddamn IC title match. Oh my god. And then uh we also have yes the bikini contest trophy presentation. But also Jim Ross announces that Sable, the winner of the bikini contest, will be wearing a new raw bikini, whatever that means. And you'll be able to see her tits. Hey audience, don't you want to see Sable's tits? Do you want to see Sable's tits? <laughs> well, most people in the audience were like, hell yeah. Like, hell so, yeah. Eh, eh. Well, yeah, well, I'm over here going, eh. So the first um, match of the show is Adilo Brown one. in and another I, non-title man, match this week. Man, I remind you, D'Lo Brown is currently the European title after winning a stunning upset victory against Triple H. But does he get to defend the belt? No. Does he get All to right. win in the matches where he's not defending the belt at least? No. The first time, yes. He beat X-Pac on the pay-per-view. Oh. But, you know, this time. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. D'Lo gets hell. the mic before anything happens. His, his opponent gets announced. And he yes. said that he has just got off the phone 
with the promoters at Euro Disney. Uh, yeah. And they get, it's funny because both they are at, and they're in Anaheim, home of Disneyland. And also, uh, he's the European champion. So it's Euro Disney. Um, yeah. Well, well, yeah. So apparently, being the European champ gets gets you a direct line to the Imagineers at Euro Disney. Well, with, the, Imagineers, you know, no- the Imagineers were apparently not having a great time in 1998 because they are offering D'Lo two whole new rides in his honor. Yeah. The Jesus sky high Christ. and the low down. I mean, I mean, it's uh, considering where Euro Disney was upon opening. You know, I I can see the you know understand the throw everything in the wall and see what sticks mentality. But like, man, no wonder they discontinued this belt. Ha- that is too that is too much power to have, Austin. Have a direct line to those poor French Imagineers. Now, incidentally, D'Lo Brown would become instrumental uh, later on in the decision to change Alien Counter to Stitch's Great Escape. So you know. Uh, that that terrible power never truly went away. It's true. Uh, but he, true. but he, he caps this off by saying, Invader, you can get your fat ass down here and choose which one you want. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, it's uh, D.O. Brown versus Vader. Yes. Which, by the way, what fuck is this entrance for Vader? He, first of all, his music sucks. Uh, what? You don't like Vader time? I was not a fan dun, 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 of for, dun, for who dun, Vader dun, is supposed dun. to be. No. And then he comes out doing this fucking little like Mr. Krabs legs ass scamper scurry with his fists that was and weird. balled up. I was and like, what the fuck are you doing, man? It's like Dusty Rhodes tear. They put me in Pokétons and made me dance shit. Like, what I think, is I, happening? I think this is Vader as peak doesn't give a fuck. This is the man who dethroned Antonio Inoki's like insane winning streak. What are we doing to him? Uh, but anyway, when the match starts, Jim Ross explains that D'Lo Brown is refusing to put the title on the line against Vader because his representation doesn't think it's a good move. That is that was the explanation provided. That um, is the most nonsense bullshit. I get the fuck out of here, Jr. No, no, no. I know this is kayfabe, but stop fucking lying to us. Yeah. Uh, so I made a note that Vader quickly realized how to beat D'Lo is to punch him in the head instead of the well, chest. Oh my god! He already the in ring. God, the in ring work here. D'Lo is in his prime, and Vader is. Far, far past his. It's not. It's a it's, it's a big not. punchy punch fest, even for an Attitude Era Raw match. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Vader is not like and and like he goes to like sit on D'Lo, but it's the most like weak ass like eh, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Like no no weight is being thrown around. There's no momentum going on here. Uh, over on commentary, uh, take a shot for Lawler questioning whether. Uh, Stone Cold and Taker can coexist. Uh, and then also, he's still excited and extremely horny about the Bikini Contest Award Ceremony. And Lawler has been getting far too much sexual gratification recently, and I don't like it. And also, take a shot every time they talk about the chest protector. Uh, oh my they... god. Yeah, yeah, fucking... I have, the, I have the quote here. So, like, JR's being all like, oh, well, the chest protector's a bunch of, bunch of bullshit. And... And Lawler goes, I haven't heard anyone speculate about uh, D'Lo's chest brace, but you, JR, yeah, well, you don't get around much. 
Um, and, and Jr., it's insensitive to make fun of porn addicted shut-ins like that. Come, come on, you're you're better hey. than that. Um, uh, uh, so D-Lo, <laughs> well, well, sorry, sorry. One, one more commentary note I gotta get to as a follow-up to the "you don't get around much" comment is. Uh, I can't remember what the lead into this was, but says Lawler, you have friends in Canada? I have friends everywhere, King. You should try it sometime, you antisocial porn-addicted bastard. <laughs> why don't you just shut the fuck up, Jerry Lawler? Why don't you, why don't you, why don't you just shut the fuck up before I cut you there? <laughs> well, we get a version I, I, of that I, I, comment later, but not from JR. Uh, yeah, so what feels like a what feels like a sign of how far Vader has fallen. D'Lo mm-hmm. like multiple times body slams Vader with relative ease, and commentary yeah. tries to act like this is a big deal, but absolutely nobody else does. Um, no, the, no pops from the crowd. The crowd does not care. Like they just be like D'Lo can just physically manhandle manhandle Vader. It's fine. Who cares? Also. D'Lo Brown is an accountant by trade? He was a CPA. Uh, they think they talked about that on Fully Loaded as well. Um, yeah. Uh, well, fucking... Uh, this gave me a... I, Austin, I, I flew through time when they mentioned this. I, I went back in time in a whiplash-ass flashback fucking uh, uh, to Invasion of Planet Wrestletopia... Where the, I remember there was a goddamn like character who became an accountant, and he oh, was yeah, like a black guy, guy who who looked who looked of like kind of like a take on D'Lo Brown. I and didn't realize until now that was a reference. That almost certainly was. Oh my god! Crazy. I I hope Austin, you appreciate this vital representation of your community. That comic continues to be goaded. Um, Absolutely, no, 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 no. But I, I hope you appreciate the, the the effort they're putting in to 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 fixing the criminal underrepresentation of accountants. No, accountants this, uh, are nerds. Fuck them. Um, uh, well, well, good thing there are no accountants on this podcast. Yeah, you're damn, damn right. There's not. Um, <laughs> so. D'Lo just kind of like there's back and forth, whatever wrestling. Um, but D'Lo hits JR body tries slam to talk this up as a, as a slobber knocker, which also take a shot. Shot. Uh, D'Lo hits a body slam and a moonsault. Vader kicks out. Va- Vader sends D'Lo to the outside. Vader, again, uh, d- even though he's a washed up loser at this point, he is also the smartest wrestler that has faced D'Lo Brown in like two months. Literally. Um, as he just rips off the chest protector and then splashes D'Lo on the floor. And because it's a non-title match, Vader just takes the count out win and wins. Dude, dude, fucking the, the ref. This was the fastest and like least give a shittiest count out I've ever seen. Yeah, that, the ref that's is the just thing. like the thing. Is seven, like, eight, nine, ten, you know, whatever. That's, that's just the fucking thing, in the is that, like. When it's not supposed, when it's when it's supposed to be a count out win, refs are a lot more like one, two, three, four, five. Ah, fuck it, you get the gist and they ring the bell. Get out of here! Oh like, my god, that was know, such bullshit. When it's a bullshit. spot, they're not supposed to get count out. Then it's like one, two, five minutes three, later. 
Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like a big dramatic long pause bullshit. But when they're supposed oh to get god. counted out, it's whatever. All right, matches. Over. Oh my god, Austin, what the fuck is this booking? What the fuck is this booking? Why did this have to happen on the outside? Why is Vader is such a bitch? They can't even let him just pin D'Lo Brown. No, no, no. He has to fucking take him out on the outside and eat and get a count out. I don't. Th- who is this for? Why is this happening? I don't understand any of it. Who is this pushing? Why? I Nobody. has got to face adversity. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm sure the rest of Delo's title defenses, well, lack or lack thereof, will be much more dignified. Then um, it's time for the brawl for all bullshit with first Draws's world. Um, yeah, a fucking MTV Cribs parody with Draws. I thought I would have more time to say this, but uh, rest in peace, Draws. Uh, don't wish to disrespect oh. the dead. Uh, he passed away within like the last couple weeks. Um, oh, shit. But also, this sucks. <laughs> um, this was so bad. This You have Draws? Okay, he opens the door with his snakes wrapped around him because he's got pet snakes and there's a bit where he's like fumbling around with like a handgun and a rifle at the same fucking time um and then because again his gimmick is he can puke on command allegedly he just yeah. like is on his patio and he just turns around and vomits in a bucket <laughs> Yeah, this is shit. Uh, this is, this is supposed to make me to like Roz. It sucks to watch, dude. Who likes this? Who likes seeing a man just fucking throw up? I hate and it. And then they're like, uh, next time on Draws's World teaser that he has this hot story to tell about Mark Henry. Yeah, but he, he says it in the most casual way. Like, oh man, you know, I have this really funny story about Mark Henry. Fade out. What, what was that? What is any of this? Are we trying All to start right. a feud here? What is happening? Uh, JR has, uh, but yes, Brawl is here. JR has sprung to life because, of course, his boy, Dr. Dr. Steve Gosuner's William's William. death is here. Um, Bart uh, Gunn versus Bart Gunn in the Brawl for All match. <laughs> uh, yeah, eight, eight, men, eight men remain, but none of those chumps matter. Fuck you. Apparently, Jim Cornette quit managing the Midnight Express over their Brawl for All match. I thought that was funny. <laughs> totally, totally true. I'm sure. I'm sure he talks length about that on his fucking podcast. Jim Cornette um, said, "Jim Cornette will happily tell you how the Brawl for All is the stupidest fucking idea that Vince Russo ever had. He will happily <laughs> tell you about how stupid it was." Oh my, heartbreaking. The worst person you know made a good point. Yeah, um, anyway, Waller, laser pointers, I noticed. Waller's, Waller's, uh, Waller on commentary says uh, that, that Dr. Death didn't impress him all that much in the in the last match, but then like in the same breath, he says that he's still one of the most impressive athletes ever, and I they can have only imagine commentary that commentary slobbers the fuck all over Doctor. Oh, I can only imagine that after Lawler said the first part of that line, Jr. fucking just pulled out a Glock and held it to Lawler's head. Yeah, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to I'm, I'm gonna let you try that one more time, King, and I think <laughs> you know what you need to say about Doctor Death. Uh, or else I might have to slobber your knock in there. Oh my! 
question. Yes, I again laser pointer. I will say, shout out to how these motherfuckers stand there like unflinching, even as that shit goes right into their eyes. Like they do not react at all, and it does make them look like pretty fucking solid in in, in a weird way. Mm. Um. So anyway, uh, I just have a bunch of commentary notes. Uh, yeah, uh, a bunch of tough guy. Look how tall he is, but he's a fucking jabroni compared to the absolute unit who is Doctor Death. He's yeah, Doctor. I didn't. I didn't really notice Doctor Death's height when he fought Quebecer Pierre last week, but like yeah. Bargun like towers over him. And that feels like uh, that feels like a foreshadowing for how this <laughs> plays out. Um, oh no, they're not in the same weight class. Anyway, I mean, I, for some reason, I took match notes of this bullshit. Even did you? Because my eyes just fucking glaze over watching this. Now, Doctor Death, Doctor Death, uh, went for takedowns. He seemed to appreciate that he was the better wrestler here and should not try yes. to like throw haymakers out all the time but up even up to the stratosphere still, of i noted dr death looked like kind of gassed in like the first round like his face was really <laughs> red and sweaty looking and it's like Oof. oh shit oh no my man thought but he okay post. we get into round two and bart you bart gun gets a couple nasty hits the Dr. Death in the head late into this fight, into this second round here. Like they replay one where he just straight uppercuts Dr. Death in the end of his temple uh, with a yeah. big left hand. They keep hyping his left hook of Bart Gunn. Uh, but Dr. Death survives and, you know, they get some takedown. Bart gets a big takedown on Dr. Death and sends him into the ropes, heading into round two as a round two ends. And allegedly, Dr. Death is winning 15 to 5 after the second. Allegedly. Round. Yeah. Now, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, this seems sus to me. This is where I've heard it. I've heard it alleged that is part of the conspiracy for Dr. Death to win this goddamn tournament. That they were a little loosey goosey with the scoring so that Dr. Death would win. And I didn't really see it in the Quebecer fight, mostly because he did legitimately kind of whoop Pierre's ass. Yeah, but here, like Bar Gun is in my book winning this fight. If I was trying to grade it, and somehow Doctor Death is up convincingly so, fifteen to five after considering the scoring system here, basically would have ensured him a win if he, you know, stayed conscious for two more. Well, because well, the 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 thing is like. I did not notice this because, again, my eyes just glaze over watching this, so I just assumed that Dr. Death was being dominant here. Um, uh, now, like, fucking... okay, he is, he is physically throwing. He is kind of controlling, like, the physical, like, where the fight is going yeah, in the okay. ring. Yeah. But, but, like, Bart Gunn is bopping him in the fucking head regularly Constantly. for the first yeah, two that's rounds. Fair. Like, that's fair. The where this match goes is not surprising at all. Um, but as the third round starts, huge boring. Oh my boring god, yeah. Boring chance. I, I do want to point out a couple other things too. Uh JR on commentary says uh that we got an interesting tournament concept here. No, no, JR. I think the word you're looking for is is fucking stupid. I think that's I got the word. I got a comment um, from JR that to joke about in a second. But um they wrestle uh, also, also, I wanna, I, also, I want to point out in between matches, 
Fucking Bart Gunn's assigned coach is out here doing his best Burgess Meredith impression. My man fully thinks that he's in Rocky with how he's talking to Bart Gunn. He's like, all right, all right, you got, you got to, I, I don't know. I've actually never seen Rocky. I don't know what the fuck Burgess Meredith sounds like. Um, he's like, all right, you got to, you got to fucking keep on him. You got to keep the pressure going. Get those uppercuts. I've never seen any one of these coaches actually give a singular shit in between rounds what the hell is in the water right now what's right. happening so they kind of start wrestling each other and then with 30 seconds to go suddenly they just start throwing haymakers and with oh, eight absolutely. seconds to go dr bart gun clips dr death in the head a couple times and dr death gets knocked the fuck out well I, it's confusing to me because, like, so they they say it's a KO, but like, Doctor Death still seems fully conscious when he oh, hits the I ground. I did not. I I've, the look in his eyes. I do not agree with that assessment. I don't. Okay, I mean, he's fair. conscious, but I don't think he's all there. Okay, that that's moment. fair. I wasn't sure. Again, part of this is because I didn't notice previously just how many times Bart Dunn had bopped him in the head. So I assume, and this is where I have a question for you. I I assumed that this was like worked to for no. Bart Gunn no, to, to win no, this. No, no, no. Um, and no, and Bart JR's Gunn over here on commentary. KO'd, now Bart Gunn legitimately KO'd Doctor Death, and he is the yeah. third piece. I talked about the three pieces of this puzzle of uh, for this tournament arc is JBL. Dr. Death, and the third is Bart Gunn, who knocks out Dr. Death and the first knockout of this stupid fucking tournament. Finally. Um, but yeah, JR... And completely ruins Jim Ross's hopes and dreams. Yeah, poor JR is over here on commentary sucking on copium. Yeah, well, well, Dr. Death lost, but he's still the greatest athlete in the entire galaxy. <laughs> they, they are um, hot for the rest of the night. They'll be like, what has to be considered a phenomenal upset? Bart Gunn yeah. defeated Dr. Death. Like, so I so this was the big turnaround you were talking about then. Yes, just this was the, just the coup that Bart Gunn beat. Yes. That Bart Gunn, okay. somebody finally got knocked out, and Bart Gunn specifically knocked out Dr. Death. See, I just assumed you meant that that meant, like, starting with round two, the tournament was going to start to get worked, which I guess allegedly they no. did try to do, ostensibly, but, like, they, no, it it's failed. Still, we're still shoot fighting here. Yeah. Well, it was really confusing, too, because Bart Gunn gets the dub, and fucking Owen's... Owen Hart's music immediately hits, and I yeah, was listen, like, "Oh we can't, listen, shit!" We cannot. We can, we are we're brawl for all's done. Let's quickly move on to other things that people like more. This thing that we're like contractually trapped into. We're trapped Our into this. We're done. Devil. Yeah. Um, okay. I will note. Um, as I will also note is uh, part Jerry Lawler also happy to get in on the copium. With Doctor Death, because he's like, well, you know, his leg was hurt on a takedown, and then you see here he's on one, he's fighting on one leg. He, how can he survive? Um, but Jr. goes, it's not like wrestling, which I wrote. Trust me, we know Jr. Uh, we were aware. Line is he's like, it's not wrestling, it's not fighting, it's a whole other sport. Um, 
It's not fighting. That's literally what they're doing, Jr. Well, it's like it's not boxing. It's like you know, it's, it's like it's, sure. It's but not wrestling. It's it not like boxing. It's, not it's the world's fighting. worst okay. combination of both. Um, <laughs> so Owen Hart is here to immediately uh, get the shit, get this shit moving again. Uh, we uh-huh. do get a make sure that people know that during the commercial break. Dr. Death was escorted backstage by medical because we definitely Oh, my care. God. Oh, my God. My man was... They try to hype this up. Like they're going to, like, come back to this. They're like, you know, a loss like this, that's just going to make Dr. Death mad. You know, he's a tough son of a bitch. They will never come mm-hmm. back to this. They, Dr. Nope, Death, nope. Steve Williams' WWF career is dead right here. <laughs> where they put him in a shoot fight tournament and he lost. Fucking JR is doing his best to like do that fucking sooner nepotism and he and it just failed miserably and Dr. Death is just taken out back and shot Rest never. Rest in peace Dr. Death Steve Williams WWF push 1998 to 1998. 1998. It lasted a week. Uh, it, lasted a, it lasted a single week. Dr. Death Perfectly describes what happened to his career in the Fed. <laughs> uh, yeah, fuck this. Um, yeah. <laughs> Owen Hart's here, and he is like, last night he proved that he is truly the most dangerous man in the WWF, and that most importantly, he proved that he is not a nugget. Man, man, Owen, did you ever think you could be, like, a tough nugget? Imagine a nugget made of solid Teflon. I feel like there are ways you could lean into this, buddy, and make things a lot better. Uh, but he, he could, he could be like Teflon and never bothered and never harassed, but instead he is but an insecure little baby as usual. Uh, but he has stolen (laughs) Ken Shamrock's nicknames, the baddest man in the WWF. The most nice. dangerous man. Uh, and Base. he is like, if anyone has the guts to challenge him, he welcomes it right now. And then yes. Joey comes out, and Owen's like, I expected that. And then Owen's music hits again. Again. And he's like, fucking... what? And then it's Jason's sensation in the Owen Hart cosplay from the Nation Blackface bit. Oh, my God. Oh, the nose. The nose looks nothing like Owen's nose. What are you clowns it's doing? Clowny, I don't it's get a this joke. Nose. Oh my god! It's bulbous as all fuck too, which is not Owen's nose. Um, so Jason is so, like, he's here to challenge. Enough is enough, and it's time for a change. And I think it's time for us to stand nose to nose. Meaning we'll be miles apart. Woo! Yeah. Th- th- thank you, Jason. I will say, I. I as much as this annoys me, his Bret Hart or his own Hart impression is is insanely on the money. It's very dead on, even if I yeah, don't it's kind of scary. That, all that funny, um, they are not. Um, and Owen, based as always, does not take too kindly to this and just immediately charges him. Except, yeah, and then well, Dan well, Severn it, comes out. Yeah, fucking Dan Severn is in Jason Sensation's corner for reasons well, he's he's, he's just, not in any gear well, he's just, just in a he, full he's suit here to fight owen but yeah he's in his full ass suit he's here to challenge owen because oh for owen being like you're the toughest anyone who thinks they're tough dan severin's like hey that's me uh <laughs> and then he starts to take his jacket off and he turns around owen just kicks him in the balls 
face. He starts kicking the shit out of Dan Severn, but then he Owen puts in the sharpshooter. Dan Severn reverses it, and then he starts beating Owen's ass. But then Ken Shamrock, who, by the way, they have spent the first 40 minutes of this show talking about how Ken Shamrock has a concussion from what happened uh, last night. I assume because he put his head through drywall. That was probably what oh. ha- how that happened. Oh, Jesus. And, and not from the pipe, from the fucking drywall. No, they had a bit where Owen lifted up Ken Shamrock and his head went through like a hole in the plywall on the drywall of the, of the ceiling. So, you know, that's probably how that happened. But uh, uh, Ken Shamrock shows up because this is 1998. We don't give a fuck about concussions. Um, to knock Owen's head off and he puts him in a sleeper hold. Ken, Dan Saverin tries to break it up and does so by putting Ken Shamrock in a sleeper hold. The, and then and then Steve Blackman also shows up Well, he's for friends reasons. with both Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn, so he doesn't want him to fight. Oh my god. And then the authority shows up too. Take a shot for messy endings. What is... What is happening? Why is this happening? I did think I I heard hear UFC chants though when uh Sever when Shamrock and Severn were being separated from each other. Sure, sure. That was pretty neat. Uh by the way, that I just want to remind everybody that as much as they are teasing a Dan Severn Ken Shamrock rematch from the first few UFC pay-per-views, they will WWF will not ever pay that off. Oh my god, this is literally all for nothing. It's so pointless. Austin, why is it so fucking pointless? Anyway, Sunday Night Heat is coming. Yeah, Sunday Night Heat. Cool. That's a thing. Moving on. It's a pretty neat moment in history. That's going to become the WWF's B-show for at least about a year until SmackDown yeah, happens. And then, SmackDown, and yeah. even, even when it gets demoted down, it will still exist as the pay-per-view pre-show uh, for as long as it exists. So Yeah. No, I know he's a big thing, but like... It's pretty neat. The, it's, the first yeah. couple years of it is on, the, is on Peacock. Uh, no more, oh. though. Only they didn't get that deep into it, and uh, before the network became the Peacock, so uh, you know, only a couple years. Sure. Of, fuck you. That's all you get. Um, Damn. Cole is back. Michael Cole is backstage. He wants to get a word with Ken Shamrock. He's like, "What happened out there?" And Shamrock is like, "What are you blind? Is everyone blind around here?" And he like knocks over Michael Cole, and he knocks over the entire backstage. Well, it's a, the fucking like interview set was falling over anyway. Like as Michael Cole was standing there before Shamrock even showed up, the fucking Roy's war sign hanging on the gate was like slipping off. I don't think that was supposed to fall over because then we just like the camera pans to Shamrock walking away, and a bunch of random people like in the vicinity of that set is kind of looking like, "What the fuck just happened?" All right, time for match number three. Farouk and Too Cold Scorpio come out, and Bradshaw is on commentary. Yes. Uh, Jim Ross asks him for an explanation about what any of that shit was last night. And Bradshaw's like, you you need to learn a lesson, everyone here, and you don't mess with me. 
And he's like, if Funk wants to leave for six months, I'll help him into retirement. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I will beat his ass. And then their opponents are Skull and Eight Ball, the DOA. How I'm so glad that the SS tattoo guys get to beat up some black men. I'm glad that's how this this match. Absolutely. Uh, bad optics? What bad optics? This is totally neutral. Don't think about it. Yeah, uh, um, I've also, in my notes, I only wrote Biker 1 and Biker 2, because, again, <laughs> these know. are the the, Har- the Ron and Don Harris. And I don't think JR even knows who is who, because every time he talks about them, he says, the DOA. He doesn't Absolutely. mention either of them by name. I mean, base, they don't, they, I don't care. I also have no idea who they are, and I have no desire to put any effort into trying to figure that out. Um, fucking JBL is just, well, okay, he's just Bradshaw right now, but, like, he's fired the fuck up on commentary. Um, yeah, this was my man crazy. Is like, my, so, my man, so my, so, so he, he makes a comment. The match uh, is just happening. Uh, I don't, none of it matters. So. I don't give a shit. Scorpio and Farouk want to step into my sights. It's real easy. They come to the learning tree. That's a place you don't want to be. Uh, apparently, the learning tree was one of JBL's early investments. You know, uh, he thought it was a real fixer-upper. Um, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, um, he he uh, he's he's very incensed that Terry Funk shook hands with Scorpio before their fully loaded match. Okay, I guess I guess JBL is not ever the type of person who would get drafted to ROH. Um, He's, he he does not like respect those the code of honor. Not um, like those pre-match handshakes. Mm-mm. And then Jerry Lawler starts trying to do his stu- stupid bits about Terry Funk as he is wont to do. And then yeah. Bradshaw gets up, grabs Lawler by the neck, and is like, to call him that! Stop doing your stupid stand-up comedy routine! No one wants to hear that! Call him that! Dude! Dude! Based? What the fuck? I love Bradshaw now. The, yes, correct. More people should tell Jr. to shut the fuck or Lawler to shut the fuck up, please. That was awesome. More of that. I'll watch that any day. All right. So the finish to this match, because I I wrote notes for these. Sometimes I write match notes that I then don't feel like reading when we get yeah, here. This is one of those. Um. Anyway, Farouk gets in. Farouk uh, barely gets one of the DOA over the top rope because these guys suck and so can't do basic yeah. maneuvers. Um, it's so bad. Bradshaw gets up from the commentary table, attacks Biker whatever, and then the other one dives and hits his own partner. And then Scorpio comes out of the ring and Bradshaw kicks his ass and then Bradshaw runs into the ring, attacks Farouk, and the match is thrown out. Oh, joy. Oh, and boy. And it just ends this with so everybody exciting. brawling in the ring. Messy ending number two, because who needs who needs it? Who needs any kind of good? Yeah. Authority comes out again. We are the, the led by the commissioner, who is definitely not Sergeant Slaughter. Um, and they try to break it up. Um, yeah, this, but, this, I mean, this is a story about wrestler that is most half been told, mostly been told on Shotgun Saturday night between three wrestlers who, this is none of my favorite versions of any of these people. 
Oh my not God, Bradshaw, not Farouk, so not nope. Cor- not nope. Gold Scorpio. No, nope. <laughs> like I just two Gold is at his best in EC Dub. Uh, Bradshaw, Bradshaw's probably best doing fucking APA, right? APA or the or the original like JBL ta- WWE champion, depending on your tastes, I think. Uh, fair. One or the other, uh, you would argue. Wait, what's and your then... what's your what's your preferred Farouk? Um. Probably APA, but I think you could also make a good okay. argument for WCW World Champion for Ron Simmons as a oh shit top guy. Fair, but I'm more familiar with the APA, so that I could argue early Nation Farouk. I like him, but you know that made me yeah. that that makes me sad for the for the race for them him being the bad guy for calling out the racism. So. I, yeah, well, I think I'll stick with the APA, where he's just a dude who beats people up and plays poker. That's yeah, non-problematic no, <laughs> at all. Very simple. Good character. No problems. Absolutely. Here. No notes. Um, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, uh, so we're back to, once again, playing the fucking clip of Sable stripping backstage before Fully Loaded, and then taking her shirt off during the bikini contest, but it's bigly censored. Teats! Teats! Come see Sable's teats! Yep. Yeah, basically. Yep. Uh, we get a promo from The Rock when Jer- Jim Ross asks him how he feels about defending his title tonight. The Rock says he should come down there and whoop Jim Ross's ass for asking stupid questions. Um, yes. And then he says a bunch James of Jim generic. Like, oh, I'm oh, sorry about that. And then he says a bunch of generic shit that is a bull, that is drowned out by someone revving motorcycles off screen. Yeah, uh, the only it was all incoherent. He says something about like to to X Pac and trips. Uh, if you have uh, now, if you have such an itch for the Rock, uh, then come and scratch it. The Rock will make you famous. What what is that? That's okay. very kind of you, Dwayne, Just, but what does that have to do with anything? All right, buddy. Okay. Get some more catchphrases, buddy, and you'll yeah, get please. there. Um, yeah. Um, the interview the- set is still broken, by the way. Yeah. It's time for the Intercontinental Triple Threat match. Uh, apparently, it's Triple H's birthday. That's neat. Yes, that's very that's very sweet. Anyway, uh, let's get dude, ready the to degeneration. Dude, the fucking degeneration at entrance. I'm sure I've made this comment before. Jesus Christ, it needs to come with a seizure warning. Holy I have fuck. said this exact thing before. Yeah, yeah, and it's still fucking true. Why do they do this? How many people did they murder with every time DX came on screen? How many poor epileptic WWF fans died I'm at the sure best? This does. I'm pretty sure for the same reason I brought up last time about this. Oh my like, god. I don't think it would oh actually Oh my god. It sucks. Fine. It sucks to look at. It makes me want to die. Close enough. Fuck. I'll keep bringing it up out of spite. Um, yes. Happy and birthday, Trip. And I will trip. keep correcting um, you out of spite. Uh, I'm sure Touche. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure that. Well, Austin looks at me talking about the seizures, and he says, "Eh, eh." eh. <laughs> uh, incorrect yeah, information uh, about uh, epilepsy. Eh, eh. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, um, anyway. uh, yeah. Okay. I'm sure this match will be totally clean with no shenanigans to be found whatsoever. 
to be fair, it was mostly clean, but yeah, the dumbest shenanigans ever. But we'll yes, get to it. yes. So um, as the match is starting here, Jerry Lawler is all mad that The Rock has to defend against two men, and Jim Ross is like, "Well, you know, I mean, that was that was your boy Vince's call there. That was his people." set that up and they agreed to it and jerry lawler kind of backtracks he's like well well i'm sure there was some wisdom in it but i just can't see it right now ah ah yes thank you just keep just keep shoving that boot all the way down down your throat lawler i'm sure it'll taste good eventually um so the match starts for this listen triple threats between two stable mates are to me always a little bit boring because they always they always go the exact same way. It's the exact same thing every, every time. Every time. They're uh, on the same page until they're on the Until somebody tries to win. And then it's like, yeah. oh, we're really not. Yeah, no. Yeah, X-Pac breaks rank and pulls Triple H away from the pin right as he's about to get the one, two, three on Rock. And then it just fucking devolves from there. Yeah, I mean, the action is pretty good overall because these are three pretty talented wrestlers. So, well, like, of course it is. I don't. I didn't hate the in-ring work here, even if the story is trite and cliche. But yes. Uh, again, I. I uh, uh, let's see. What, what part of this do I want to get to? I mean, everyone hit kind of hits their. The Rock hits the rock bottom on X Pac. Uh, breaks gets broken up. Triple H hits a pedigree like nearly immediately, just so they can facilitate. Oh my Triple God. H and, and X Pac. Yeah, I things. thought like, fuck, are they about to squash Rock for the dub here? Well, like, no, because uh, no, X Pac's like, fuck yeah, you, X-Pac man, I want to win. Yeah, X- yeah. X X Rock also eats an X Factor from the from yes. X Box, so he takes two finishers, um, and then trips pulls him away. So, yeah, and it's at this point, it, to be fair, they have arguments early in the match, but it doesn't devolve to them actually throwing hands. The Rock just gets yes. back up, and it goes back to being, like, DX versus The Rock. But after after a long enough, X-Pac and Triple H start throwing hands, and that is when The Rock gets up, he grabs his Intercontinental title belt. Wait, 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 wait. Before, before we do this, I do want to point out one spot from uh from like the malfunctioning at the junctioning between X-Pac and Triple H where tr- Triple H is standing on the ap- apron X-Pac is in the ring with Rock Rock fucking throws X-Pac toward the side of the ring that Triple H is on X-Pac bumps Triple H off of the apron Triple H proceeds to fly back fucking turn around in midair grab uh, like land and grab onto the fucking like raw logo plaque at the top of the announce table and like tear it off as he falls over it's the goofiest thing um but yes so xbox and triple h just uh, it just evolves they into just them, start like, fighting each other trading blows the rock and the rock just he walks up the out. ramp and the ref counts out the rock and that's For how the, the match second ends. count out of the evening Both members of the nation title holders. But also, a triple threat ended in a count out. Oh my god. It never happens. They because because the logic triple threats and fatal four ways and fatal whatever ways are always no DQ. Specifically because 
for a couple of reasons. From a practical level, it's hard to keep track of people on the outside. And plus, some people hang out on the outside the rest in between their spots in these multi-man matches. And the in-ring kayfabe justification of this is that you can't have a winner in these scenarios. You can have a loser. And like in this yeah. match, they announce the rock loses, but then who wins? No, yes, the rock, who, who is the winner by count out? They just announced the rock loses, but keeps the title. And that's the kayfabe justification as to why there are no DQs or count outs in, in, um, in, uh, multi-man matches but this is early days of that match type existing um God, and so they no don't know what the sense. fuck they're doing and so they're sure whatever here's a count out win the count yeah. out loss by the rock the rock keeps the title fuck, fuck you oh my god look 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 this is some forever feud shit, and I can't be too mean because of some of the forever feuds I've stepped up to defend. I my mileage goes a lot longer on Chris Jericho feuds than most people, but yeah, dear, you do have a lot more tolerance for Chris Jericho than most. Look, look, man, Fozzie or fucking Judas is a catchy song. All right, you can't blame me for wanting to hear it as much as possible. Fuck off. Um, but that being said. Dear Lord, how many non-reserve... Because at least in Chris Jericho Forever Feuds, we get matches with definitive results. How many fucking times are we going to have a non-result in in these fucking IC title matches just so we can squeeze a little bit more blood from the stone? Fuck off. At least there were no run-ins. At perspective, perspective, at least there were no... Immediate fucking one inch by DX in the nation. The other yes, and the so was, was DX, busy. I guess. So, yes. Okay, yeah, and sure. oh, I know that James Ross says the "can they coexist" line when he's talking about Undertaker and Austin. Um, mm, shot. Anyway, Cole Michael Cole is backstage with the Outlaws. Ask them why they fixed the set. Good job. No, they're they're in the locker room. They did not fix the set. Oh shit! Michael oh, Cole is in the locker room. Yet. Um, but Michael Cole asks, like, how you, how you feel about what happened there? Are you concerned? And they're like, no, because they're not concerned because DX is family and money is thicker than water. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, and True. so road dog is like, we're going to whip ass tonight and get our belts back. Doesn't matter who has them. And Billy says, if you think, if you don't think they'll get their belts back, we got two words for you. Please reconsider. Of course. Then the um, fifth match, officially where this show made me want to die, was bro. first, it's Brockus. I can't believe Brockus. I'm having to suffer through a Brockus match. <laughs> I thought it was just guy. the brawl for all, and I'd never have to see him again. But no, nope. we're still trying to get this stupid German bodybuilder over. Uh, I still don't get and it. His I opponent. Still don't is Jesus. some jobber Jesus Jesus yeah I uh, need, man and I need Jesus in fact I wrote <laughs> I don't need to take notes or otherwise pay attention to this match fuck you that's what I wrote in my notes <laughs> fucking 
fucking that man it's so good to see that the brawl for all guys are really cashing in on the fruits of this shoot fight bullshit for valuable pushes in tv time down the road i'm i'm sure that brockus is gonna get a whole lot of mileage oh, out yeah. of this so oh totally brockus wins as you'd expect yeah, um, it's two seconds long. At this point, that I noted somebody in the crowd had a sign that said "WCW is a joke." Oh my I god! Thought, yeah. Is a really fun. That's a re- that's so cute to have after a Brockus match. <laughs> no, I noticed that later on. Uh, fucking. I'll talk about it now. I also noticed even later on than that, a second like WCW bad sign. Jesus Christ. Imagine what a fucking dweeb you have to be to like simp for Vince's product in comparison to the opposition with a sign on TV, not even getting paid for it. You're not even a fucking plant. You're just that. Hey, let's be fair and balanced. WCW fans also did that shit on Nitro. Yeah, well, WCW fans were fucking justified. The Fed's product sucks. Oh, no. Right now, WCW 98 is, they're okay. Peak's over, but, you know, the wheels are slowly coming off, but they're still on the wagon. Yeah, yeah, no. still has a streak. We haven't totally fucked ourselves yet. Yeah, no, the finger poke hasn't happened yet. But for, for my money, I don't care. The WCW product is still better. These dweebs are just incorrect. I can't That's... I can't be enlightened centrist on this because one one side is rooting for is is rooting for, you know, a company that's struggling, and the other side is rooting for tits. Sable's tits. Um I can't. Um fucking yeah, so that that's it's good it's good to know that the fandom was full was 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 just as full of inane dipshits back then as it is now. Um and then speaking of inane dipshits, oh, we cut now me. to Val no. fucking ah, Mrs. Ah, Yamaguchi starting ah, in the shower because no, of course it's not we working. Are. Ah, ah. Uh, I hate it. Yeah. They look like they are just fucking naked through this shower, which, like, man, I hope poor Kyoko consented to at least some of this. Um, probably but not. Who, not who, in, like, who, a healthy anyway, way. Uh, <laughs> it is Val Venus versus Brian Christopher, Jerry Lawler. Hello, ladies. Oh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. Hello, ladies. Goodbye, Was Will- Val Venus showered before his match? Um, okay. His hair's gotta look nice and wet, Austin. Come on now. Anyway, he's like, hello, ladies. If you want to hang out at Disneyland, that's okay. But if you want the ride of a lifetime, hop aboard the big Valboski. I'm gonna die, doll. I, there and are no words. Then Pain. I, I had, Pain. I had, I... I was not ready for this part tonight. I thought this was yeah, so like, cause, only have cause, to Because the match itself is is whatever, right? He's facing dipshit too sexy Brian Christopher, accompanied by Scotty 2 LA Knight. 
Um, there will eventually but, become, of course, Scotty Tuhati and Grandmaster Sexay of too cool and not suck. But you know, we're not no. there yet. Um, okay, is it because just to, to to my comment, is it just me or does Scotty Tuhati's look read a lot like L.A. Knight's look? He's got the fucking vest. I, I can see it. Kind of hair. He's got the glasses. I I feel like anyway. Um. Also, before you get to the real, <laughs> the real meat of this segment, you might say. <laughs> Fuck you! I noticed it as I was about to say it. God fucking damn it! Before you get to that, uh, I do want to point out that the sign, some dipshit has a Ron Jeremy fears Val Venus sign. Please stop encouraging him. I think it was a woman too. Why the fuck would you simp like that? Why are you like Please, this? I'm begging anyway. you. Why are you? He stop is not, Val Venus help. is not that attractive. Please have higher standards, Raw crowd. Also, fuck Ron Jeremy too. I'm pretty sure he's an asshole. Okay, I don't really know who that is, so you're... Oh, what? Oh, oh, yeah, he's like, he's like the porn star. Oh, okay, great, thanks. He's like um, the most prolific porn star of, of, like, ever. Well, listen here, I'm not very knowledgeable. Yeah, yeah, well, stars. yeah, I'm yeah, not well, very uh, knowledgeable about I, it. I, 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 did, I did have a, as soon as you said you didn't know who that was, I did have a moment of, oh, yeah, well, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Anyway, I'm just surprised, like by a cultural osmosis, that no, name never reached no, you. No, that name does not ring a bell at all. Um, Damn. Anyway, well, there you go. Now he think 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 Lou Albano, but as a porn star. Got it. Okay, that, that, dude, that's the gross thing about. It's not. <laughs> I just noticed that night. I am anyway. not thinking of Mario as the yeah. porn star. That ain't happening. <laughs> We're bringing on to far less gross things. Yeah, and Kyatai with a fucking portable butcher table. And the first thing I noticed is Yamaguchi-san has an absurdly long katana. Um, this guy, I'm like, holy sh! And this, this moment, I realized, oh, holy fuck! This, I thought. This was this was only going to happen across over one week next week. I did not think that this was happening here, and we would have to mention it on the podcast. Uh, Kai and Ty, who still somehow can't seem to manage to get an actual match with Val Venus, and one of them, I I don't know who I think. I don't maybe, know. Maybe uh. maybe Men's Teo. That sounds right in my head. Um, I don't know. One of them has got two super long sausages. Oh, the and whole I lot said, of... Oh, no. I know where this segment is leading. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to point out that my notes... I obviously, noob, did not know the historical context of this. Um, but I did, I did make the note of they have a whole bunch of phallic meat and a sword... Hmm, I wonder, I wonder what they're, what up they're to. going to imply. It's such a mystery. Anyway, um, whatever. Uh, Scott Taylor tries to interfere in the match. Uh, Val Venus kicks his ass, kicks both of their asses. Uh, Val Venus hits a fisherman suplex for the win. 
Uh, after the match, too squash, much squash, that squash. hop into the ring to double team Val Venus. And then Takamishinoku is here. They quickly explain on commentary that Takamishinoku has been a rival, has been rivals with uh, too much as part of the light heavyweight championship, a thing that Taka has remarkably. Oh, um, oh. he is oh, still yeah, the light cool heightweight champion. Um, still, but he, you know, he has beef with Brian Christopher, so he helps out Val here. Yeah, and then Does after the match, beef? Yamaguchi san gets on the mic and he's like, Val Venus, next week, Kai and Tai will challenge you. And after we win, oh, good, we I actually finally you, have a match. I am giving you a big surprise, and they put um. the they put the meat. On a big chopping block that they have also oh put my. out here. Oh yeah! Wow! I'm so intrigued. And Where could this be going? And Yamaguchi-san, like it's like like the Ultimo dork of this. He like he's like yeah, he's like like making a big show of it. He chops the meat in half, and you could have, and maybe a more clever show, slightly more clever. Would have left yeah, it here. Left it to much. the it's implication just... of what they are going to do. It is not hard to grasp, but oh, but no. you know they're still leaving it to implication. Yeah. No, no, no. He then get Yamaguchi song hits on the mic and says, "I choppy choppy your pee pee." Oh, oh my god. Oh my god! That is a line that deserves to go down in infamy. Truly, whatever. This is Venus's most famous story moment. I choppy choppy your pee pee. This is it. This is the Val Venus career highlight. This is the entire, not highlights plural, highlight singular highlight. It's not even his line. Oh my god. Imagine having one of the most absurdly over gimmicks of the era, but only but leaving behind the legacy of I Yeah, I mean his legacy is his legacy his legacy is hello ladies and he does the innuendos and ha ha and then I choppy choppy your beepy. That's that's the legacy of Val Venus right there. That's the timeline of Val Venus. Hello, ladies. Bad puns. I choppy choppy your peepee. The end. It's like, just void after that. It's every a single hole. like every single major storyline of Val Venus is that I could tell you right now is him is is he fucks another man's female in his in their life. He fucks Yamaguchi San's wife. He fucks Goldust's wife. He fucks Ken Shamrock's sister. That's it. That's the entire Ken Val Venus storyline. And each one of them replies with I choppy choppy your pee pee. Obviously. No, that's only one. That's only this one. Only Yamaguchi song uh, uh, is like, I'm going to come. Oh my God. <laughs> no, 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 Austin. We need to give it its proper eloquence. I choppy choppy your pee pee. I'm just gonna start saying that now, man. Just in casual conversation, somebody, somebody, you know, somebody will be annoying me, and I'll be like, "Yeah, well, I choppy choppy your peepee." So, so you know, let's leave it at that. 
Uh, I'll be like, what? And I'll be like, you heard me. Yeah, so guess what? We're skipping the next two weeks of Raw, which means oh the God. resolution oh of Choppity Choppity, your PP is my 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 uh cross to bear Pardon. alone. Uh, uh, oh no, what will I what will I ever do? Oh no. Really, it's a really cutting blow to me, Austin. Yeah, uh, your dick, I'm sure. Um, thank we, you, thank you. Yes, now, thank, thank you. Well, uh, not, just, just like the show, leaving nothing to the implication. Of course not. Uh, <laughs> and now the hits just uh, keep on a-coming. Okay, now they fixed the set. Yeah, they fixed the set. We're backstage with the Road Warriors. Animal is talking with Animal is talking about how they're gonna kick butt tonight, and wrote and Hawk uh-huh. was looking out of it, and I said, "Oh no, it's this oh. storyline." Oh my god, it's so fucking funny because like I'm watching this and I notice like Hawk like wiping his nose, and I'm like, "Yeah, he seems a little like out of it under the weather." Oh, he must just be kind of like zoned out for this interview. What no. I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, "Oh, maybe he's got like a cold." Or something, but oh boy, howdy! So now, we get this. This storyline <sighs> is them taking Road Warrior Hawk's real life alcoholism problems no. and turning it into a character trait. No, where he is an alcohol. No, God fucking damn and it! And let's skip to the end of it. Where he tries to jump off the Titantron and die. Oh, wait, shoot, die? Is this how we? Is this how well, Hawk? They no, that's say not how attempt Hawk. suicide, but oh. a suicide oh. they are. Oh, fuck me! Oh no! Oh let Christ! Let me check. Look quick. I need to look over at what WCW is doing right now. Oh wait. This is during Last Call Scott Hall, where they are oh, taking no. Scott Hall's real-life oh, alcoholism, real alcoholism and turning it into a character trait. Oh my god, how... Why would they do that to Scott Hall? What the... Why would they do this to Hawk? Why did you do this to either one of your wrestlers? Because Oh my god, I'll, I'll show you a fucking edge get over here jesus um okay so yes mark henry and the godfather versus lod oh sorry lod 2000 they wear daft punk masks masks now this is is a a historic moment godfather comes out with a bunch of women this he doesn't call him this of course but this is the first time we get the whole train this this is the birth of the whole train this is the first time he brings out gaggles of prostitutes so yeah. so he's been a pimp this whole time and it only just occurred to creative to like hey let's maybe hang some prostitutes on his arm yes. <sighs> okay okay great i'm so I'm so happy, Austin, that I got to watch the birth of my favorite thing in all of WWE, the Ho-Train. Okay, okay. But hey, yeah, WWE sure. sponsored by Stridex, which are acne pads. Um, 
or acne wipes. Yep. Sure. Great business here. Um, uh, they're, they know they're, they're playing them, to those teenage boys jerking off to Sable. To Sable Ted. Well, let's see Sable's Ted. Well, they know have, the demographic well, yeah. of they know the demographic of people who are downloading pictures of Sable using dial-up internet. Put on your strident pads and and jack off to Sable's Ted. <laughs> anyway, Hawk uh, trips getting into the ring. Fucking hell! Um, Which I thought was a shoot at first. No, I was like, oh, that fucking bit. mask probably has terrible vision in uh, in this dim ass lighting. No, nah, he um, also isn't wearing the shoulder pads, and he is stumbling in his walk. We are we are doing a bit here. Um, yes. So Animal and Mark Henry start off. Uh, you know, it's it's the nation double team Animal, and Animal then gets the upper hand, but he goes for the tag to Hawk, and Hawk is just sitting, standing there, nodding off, barely conscious, yeah. drunk, doesn't tag in. <laughs> The, the, uh, the nation uh, of domination continue to two on one the match. Um, I wrote a big power slam by Animal, but Mark Henry is able to break up the pin because Hawk doesn't do anything. Uh, yep. Kill Jr. Sign. All right. <laughs> noted that. Noted that I off mean, to the left side of the ring. I saw someone with a sign that said Kill oh Jr. My God, these fucking fans are the worst, dude. I fucking hate. I fucking hate attitude era fans if you're an attitude era fan listening i'm sorry but but you're 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 a subhuman and i and i disavow uh <laughs> fucking hell oh my and god i also noted this big sign of the guy who wanted people to page him and he put his pager number oh my god yeah the pager sign <laughs> This is the 90s, the music is all punk, and the technology is charmingly retro in a contemporary way. Dee -dee 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 -dee. This is the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my god. So Animal sets up for the Doomsday device, and Hawk goes up to the top rope, except he falls <laughs> off of it. And Yikes what is a legitimately, it was just, but without, without the, without the... <laughs> Without the alcoholism cringe, it is an admittedly funny bit of slapstick because my man crawls up to the top and then just kind of yeah, over burn. Anyway, Godfather <laughs> hits this, the Death Valley driver for the win. Uh, mm -hmm. Godfather heads out to uh, celebrate with the hose after the match. It is this Bro. point I write. I wrote at this point enough about the raw bikini. Oh, oh, well, we're just getting there. But, like, man, this segment was so fucking confusing. Because without knowing what this was, I was like, okay, is this a shoot? Is this a heel turn? Is, like... And commentary is, is also like, doesn't really know what's happening. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Commentary is, like, they're just kind of like, oh, yeah, fuck Hawk, am I right? Yeah, what a piece of shit. And I'm like, what is happening? It was so confusing. What are they going for? Like, is this, like, is he, like a bad alcoholic is he like oh he's he's a bad guy now because he likes alcohol or is it like fucking he's he's like sympathetic and we need to like fix him or whatever like well, what is the I'm end game sure to this i don't really remember besides the falling off the titantron thing yeah um, fair. i i uh will i guess i'll have two weeks of raw to uh help uh figure out where this angle is going that's delightful. Um, I'm very excited. Anyway, for you. 
Jacqueline and Mark Marrow come out. It's time for the trophy presentation. Bro, I can't remember if I noticed this last time, but like, so Jacqueline and Mark Marrow walk to the ring, and it it sure seems to me Mark Marrow enters the ring first, and it it sure seems to me that Jacqueline waits at ringside as Mark Marrow enters the ring and looks up at him to sort of uh, silently ask permission to get in the see, ring, which uh, I mean. The character of Mark Marrow is a horrid sexist, so that could that would be in line. And uh, Mayon sure does sure doesn't add uh, add any great elements to it. That Jacqueline is also black, and Mark Marrow is not. Uh, oh boy, that's a whole lot of ick. Um, they 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 cut they cut back to once again a recap of the fucking the yeah. the shit from fully loaded um sable comes I, out i had, I had a thought here austin first um that that spot with vince mcmahon putting the blazer over over fucking uh sable i okay i obviously it's part of the story because vince mcmahon wanting sable to be more prudish is a whole thing that being said i I can't help but wonder if the blazer spot was corporate mandated because there's no way there is no way you cannot convince me that in the fucking attitude era in 1990 goddamn eight if they had the opportunity to play sable with the body paint hands over her tits fully straight with no caveat. You cannot tell me that they would not have seized on that opportunity. I I have to believe that Vince because like Vince almost in the like little two like sec, two screenshots we had of the moment, Vince and Sable both almost look sheepish. Like ah, oh, they have to be doing this. That the, the, there's no way that between, that wasn't between, like a corporate like between USA Network and the pay per view companies themselves. I wouldn't be surprised if they were told, no, you can't actually, like, if you want to stay, like, TV 14, if you don't want to be, like, MA rated, yeah. you know, no, you can't show her actually topless. Well, no, but I more meant, like, the fact that, like, Vince made her cover up with the blazer to walk back to the, walk back to the back. Like, just something about the way that is, like, how the fuck, like, I, I feel like if they could have kept her, in the fucking hands over her boobs thing the entire time uncovered as she walked all the way to the back. They would have. It felt so bizarre to me that they did not milk that for every possible second that they could have. Like I, like I said, I'm sure they had some talks with uh, their with their broadcasters about what yeah. they could and, and what they would be allowed to do. With you get day. exactly 30 seconds of the full toplessness. Get out of here. Anyway... Sable comes out and Jerry Lawler slobbers all over it about it. He's mm -hmm. anyway. This, I, yeah, I, wrote, Sable I, gets I made a note that the second place trophy is very, very small. I made note of that yes. as well. Yes. Very funny. It, it, yes. You know, not about size. So yada, Jerry yada. Lawler is about to give the first place trophy to Sable, Sable because they, everyone agrees Sable is the winner. And then uh, he gets a commentary. He gets a note from the ringside that is from Vince. 
Due to the fact that body paint does not constitute a bikini, Mr. McMahon has disqualified Sable from the bikini contest and is declaring Jacqueline the winner. Mm-hmm. So Mark yeah. and Jacqueline go nuts. They have celebrated. They're celebrating their win. Their roo rah rah. Fucking Mark Marrow picks up Jacqueline and just like stares right into her tits for a hot second. It's like ah, uh, great. Um, and so they leave the ring with their trophy, and Lawler and Sable are still in the ring. And Lawler's like, well, well, Sable, you got to be uh, pretty frustrated about this. And Sable's like, fuck yeah, I am. Uh. Uh, you know, I know that I know that, that Mr. McMahon doesn't want me dressing like this. I know he wants me to be more conservative. Um, I only wish that Mr. McMahon could have been man enough to tell me all this to my face. And, and here like, comes the people, Well, well, to be fair, he did tell her to her face that she had to cover up. So, like, he he did indeed do that. So he did do that you one know. time. Yes. Yes. Um. So yeah. So here comes Vince. Fucking. What? Yeah, and he's like, oh, ho, ho, you want me to be, you don't think I'm man enough? What? I, Austin, you can what is bet that I have a lot of this quote written down here. Uh, oh, so let's just no. go through it here. Man enough. Oh, man no. enough. Vince asks her if she dares. She's daring to question his masculinity. Vince McMahon. And Vince, he's like, I've dealt with a lot of ingrates before in making stars, but I, I never thought you would be one of them. Uh-huh. And Vince asks her who, you know, when Mark Marrow tricked her and cost her her job, who was the knight in shining armor that came oh to her rescue? God. Me! Oh my God. Now, Vince is like, you know, notwithstanding, I admit from a PR standpoint, I brought you back because of your immense popularity with the fans. And let's face it, I do everything I can for the fans. However, people like you, especially in this town, which is Anaheim, L.A., you know, as a reminder of where we're at here. Yes. Are a dime a dozen. I could snap my fingers and have you replaced by any number of bimbos and airheads. You owe me, Sable. And this is when he, like, starts touching her hair, and this is getting a little gross. (laughs) People like you owe me, I generally collect. Oh, my God. Uh, And then he sexually harassing his employee in the ring. Yeah, and of course, you gotta tie this all up in a bow. However, your knight in shining armor will allow you to continue to be gainfully employed in the World Wrestling Federation, at least for which, a little which, while longer. Subtitles, dude, the subtitles even changed Federation to Entertainment. Oh my god, yeah. the legal cuckery is so funny. At least for a little while longer. Just as long as you don't become an ungrateful bitch. And Dude, and also the fucking the subtitle censor bitch. It's they it's do. the fucking corporate ass subtitles. God damn. Uh, first of all, yeah. uh, I just want to say, Austin, um, uh, great performance. It was ho- horrible, terrible material. 
you know, you you were you were giving it your all without without giving me the ick all over again of your own accord. You know, just the dialogue itself. So I give this one a, a writer's barely disguised fetish out of ten. Good job. Yo. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. So Vince just monologues at her, and then he's like, "Yeah, okay, that was good enough." And he just I kinda, said my piece. And I like, said my piece. He turns the, around. The crowd absolutely first. I mean, okay, again, let's let I want to let's want to actually like make some real comments on that. That whole okay, bit was please, gross. Please, I don't like. I don't yeah. like. Oh, ugh. Hate, hate. Like between the like, he's coming to collect his what is owed to him. Uh, you know, uh, isn't her knight in shining armor Sam? Such a Sam, like, and then the ungrateful bitch line that everyone like. It's like everyone was like, "Whoa, man!" Like, big boobs. Yeah, yeah. The I mean, of course, fuck this man. He won't let us see Sable's tits. And like, all Vince McMahon is shitty to women angles. It feels extra weird and uncomfortable to me because Vince is actually their boss. Like, yes, the is, and he's is, just Vince actually Vince like isn't, Vince isn't just like a fictional character interacting with another fictional character. Mm-hmm. Vince is their boss. They have less power to stop him from doing these angles. There's a huge yes. power dynamic problem here. And yeah, also, uh, especially after we've learned just how many NDAs that Vince has signed, has forced upon his secretaries that he fucked. Uh, by the way, I, I did. Jr. threw in this bitch. Well, she's no intern. Throw in. I earlier, did notice that, and I was like, "What the fuck, Jim? What the fuck? I mean, like, I'd like to think that was him, like throwing a sly jab, but also, like, I don't also, know if I trust. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, to be fair. We are in the dead heat of the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky controversy at this point in uh, time. And don't worry, it will come up in this arc. Oh, they uh, oh, will bring oh, it into boy. it. So I imagine when he says, Joel, she's no intern, that is probably at least partially a Monica oh, Lewinsky. Oh, God show. fucking damn it. Oh, I hate it i hate it all so yeah yeah so uh yeah vince's sex pestery is not just kayfabe which doesn't help any of these angles in my mind actual irl rapist vince mcmahon don't forget that one kids anyway yeah so vince (laughs) turns around and soaks up the booze and sable like petulantly flips him off behind his back it doesn't really mean anything because he doesn't see any of it yeah yeah well that's the thing vince just does not ever look back at sable as he's making his exit so sable flips him off and then strips off whatever the fuck she was wearing to reveal She's got her zebra a- bikini that's her new raw bikini which I feel like when I was told a raw bikini, I expected like full ass raw branding. This is this is misleading. This, this is, is just a regular bikini, really. Yeah, a no, racy, I, I guess, but like I have no idea is, what's just why why zebra print. I don't know. Just this feel cool. this feels about on the level of like Jacqueline's uh, bikini from the bikini contest. 
Yeah, definitely uh, a little, definitely found... a definitely a little, little on the sexy side, but not like yeah that, not like notably obscene that I would be like, whoa there. And the crowd, of course, majorly popped for this, which Vince does not seem to register. Which that's, is that's kind of funny no that sense. Vince doesn't turn around. It makes no like, sense. But like pop? again, the cartoony logic. It's like the cartoony logic of wrestling. Sure. Um, it, that that was just funny, but it's also like Vince, what the fuck, dude? Now. Okay, is it just me or is like the fucking Mister McMahon character just super directionless now that he's like not embroiled in the fucking Stone Cold Forever feud? He really it, like, is. They're just okay, like throwing cool. him out there. Like this is, he's been okay sometimes when this Undertaker cahoots and shit. Definitely oh, not like definitely it, not as good as when he's fucking with Austin. And yeah, it's like I just don't get it. Oh, what are they doing with this character? This, what this, is this like for? stuff with Sable is whatever, and they only seem to have it to came out to of nowhere. It. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. Um, like, we get a second. Not, well, oh, not good. Go for um, it. No, it's not good. Uh, we get a second promo for for Sunday Night Heat, which. Like, it really struck me on this second time, because it's the exact same promo, which is to say, it's literally just the Sunday Night Heat logo with JR being like, ah, Sunday Night Heat, but the, we, it's just the logo and nothing, why are we promoing the show, promoing the show, Jesus, why are we promoing this new B-show on just the logo. Why is nothing like there's no music even with when this comes up? There's like, oh yeah, by the way, Saturday, Sunday Night Heat. Anyway, moving on. Like, what what is this marketing? They're just they're just like it's a rest. It's a WWF wrestling show. They'll our fans will watch that shit. Oh, they'll eat up whatever shit we put in front of them. God, this Sunday cool. at seven o'clock. Um, yes. So. We finally have gotten to our main event. Boy, howdy, have we sat through so much shit to get to here. Oh, my God. Anyway, um, I do want to point the, out that, that like, they're talking about, they, uh, they, uh, commentary mentions, I guess, some, like, post-episode commentary e-show called Code Red. What? Yeah, was so that online only horse shit hosted by Kevin very... Kelly, Dr. Tom Pritchard, and some nerd ass third guy. Wait, Kevin know. Kelly? Yeah, that was Kevin Kelly over there on the far right oh. side. The, the one that oh. didn't look, yeah, the one, yeah, it's like it was like nerd, Dr. Tom, Kevin Kelly, who were the three people oh. on that at that table. Oh wow. Well, I'm sure I'm sure he'll be getting everybody's names right. Um fucking uh, uh, I, I mean, it, 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 they, they like, they looked like they were being overly like forced animated. It looked dumb. Anyway, um, it did. It did look really stupid, and, I, and I, I'm sure I could probably hunt it down, but I don't want to. I don't care. Okay, yeah. So, um, uh, match starts. Uh, 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 N uh, NAO comes out first, and you know, they do their pop, and they're like, soon to be two time tag team champions of the tag world, or whatever the champions fuck. of the world, and the crowd, and the crowd is reciting along with them, da 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 da. Um, and then, and then Taker comes out, and then Stone Cold comes out. Um, and then as the match begin... starts, 
a beach ball hits in the ring and Stone Cold just Stone Cold just fucking taunts it. And, and JR, I gotta say, JR, ever the pro, manages to work this into commentary. He's like, ah, Stone Cold doing to that beach ball, what I'm sure he wants to do to, to the New Age Outlaws right about now. Yeah, also a funny bit from early in the match. Um, Billy Gunn knocks Austin into the corner and he hits like his like pose is like like flex pose that billy gun yeah. does and mm-hmm. then austin gets up he sees him austin parodies the pose and then he flips <laughs> off for billy gun i missed that that's good also i just realized something that billy gun's nickname the bad ass bad, bad billy, ass gun. billy gun yeah no 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 i knew it was the badass billy gun i just noticed the ass part of it Oh my god. They did that on fucking purpose, didn't they? Yeah, god bad, damn badass, it. badass Billy Gunn, Mr. Ass Billy Gunn. Yes. Yes. Wait, which came it. first? Was it was it badass, badass. or Mr. Ass? Okay, badass, and then it was Mr. Mr. Ass. Okay. So badass gave way. It devolved. Okay, got it. Um yeah, it's it's I uh, yeah, it's Stone Cold and Billy in the ring first and like they tussle for like 30 seconds and then stone cold tosses billy gun out of the ring and billy gun just tries to like quit the match well he did almost get hit with his stunner so he's like you know what i'm out of here he's actually i'm out of here austin Um, chases but then road dog clocks austin from behind um billy gun's like oh no this is fine actually and just comes back all right we're good let's go back we're good we keep going yeah uh, yeah, double the the New Age Outlaws double team Steve Austin in the ring. Austin gets it makes fights back gets the tag to Undertaker. Taker yeah. hits old school on Road Dog. That's when he you know uh, yes. grabs him the, the, by the, the, the he rope. grabs him by the hand and and Twist. walks up the rope. Gets up the, the rope, wa- which is really walk, impressive for a man walks. the size of yeah Undertaker. Um, um. Taker Fucking. goes for a choke slam. Uh, Road Dog runs in and shot blocks Taker, and so they. The, a lot of the rest of this match is working the knee, dude. Okay, so I I have a note. So at uh, one point, um, Road Dog, when he and Taker are the legal men, um, he he gets Taker into a step over toe hold, which to me looked like just nothing i was like it looked like he was just like holding undertaker's foot in that way you might do if you were doing like fair if you were doing like and they both just like freeze for 20 seconds in this post but then taker quickly proves that the step over toehold is as dumb as it looks when he just uses his free leg to leg sweep road dog and tripping out thing of the step could have done the entire time, I guess. The thing could have done the entire time, but no, they had to play free. They were playing freeze tag or something, I guess. Whatever. I don't know. Um, so, um, yeah. So again, Taker, they, they hurt his knee. And so they had double team on the knee a lot. Um, at some point, they make clear that Steve Austin versus The Undertaker is set for SummerSlam. I don't remember exactly when they said that the first time but i guess that's that's official now that's i guess yes yeah. versus the undertaker oh i just assumed it had been official i didn't yeah i, I probably was official at some point okay i just forgot when they said that so i just noticed like oh, oh. okay that's set for some um 
Yeah, and they're like, oh, what's going to happen? Because they're tag team partners, but da-da-da-da-da. Um, uh, we get a great spot um, where the new... So so the New Age Outlaws um, have... Again, they've been, they've been double-teaming Taker pretty hard. So they have Taker, like, rested on the middle rope. Like, his, like, torso... Is is up against he's the middle set up rope, for and, the you know, six his, one nine is what he's. Yeah, pretty, yeah, he's yeah. Effectively, he's in he's in six one nine position. He's like kneeling. His head is through the is is through between the ropes. Um, Road Dog gets a running start to stomp him, but Taker scrambles out of the way, and Road Dog just fucking crotches himself oh, on the rope. Okay. Which, yeah, they, which was a great, which that was a great spot. But then uh, Billy Gunn takes over, and he gets he gets Taker to the corner. Um, Billy Gunn launches himself at Taker, but Taker once again gets out of dodge. So Billy Gunn and weaving is this he, is the Undertaker? He, yeah. So Billy Gunn flies at now just the bare ring post, hits it. He recoils, hops a few times. Turns 180. Woo, he does a flare a flop. Well, no, no, it's a whole process. So he turns 180. He takes a step, hops one more time, and then fucking plank flops. Like you just go. That was so beautiful. I love the delay. I love. I love how he went through an entire ass sequence there just to flop over. Man, Billy Gunn is so physically talented i love him yep. so much so um hot tag to stone cold jim ross yes fucking mind on commentary yeah stone here. cold mercilessly double teams the the the, the nao stone um, cold hits a the stunner on the road dog for the win then taker undertaker chokeslams billy gunn leading to uh absolutely awesome jim ross line who's your daddy billy gunn it's the undertaker <laughs> thank you and then uh, Stone Cold, after the match, he goes outside. He's got his beer. He's got his, like, his canteen of beer. Uh, yeah, wait, okay. I, I don't notice. Does he bring that to the ring? Does he bring that little cooler to the ring? Or does, like, a fucking stagehand grab that? Usually, I think it's usually a stagehand, because usually it's a stagehand that throws the beers to him. Uh, oh, my God. But yes, he does know his... where the beer is. Um, yes. Hell, so, yeah. He he goes and grabs a couple beers. He grabs some um, Coors Light. I can tell that from the can from looking at the cans. Um, oh, does he not have his own brand at this point? No, no, no. He oh. just has. He's just drinking like beer you drink at a college party. Um, if you're a uh, freshman. Um, so good beer. It's Pabst Blue Ribbon. Um, <laughs> anyway, so okay. <laughs> He gets some Coors Light, the banquet beer, and then he. Yeah, true. I mean, so he he is walking off like he's about to leave Taker in the ring. He then takes the beer and he tosses it at the Undertaker, and Jr. is like, "This is all." Yeah, perfect, perfect pass. Um, Yeah, like, is this Austin's form of an apology? Is this him saying sorry to they can be partners and Taker? He he is like is like is he gonna open the beer? And he cracks the can and drinks it. He cracks open a cold one with the boys and chokes that shit down. I mean, man, if fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin passes you a beer, you know you've made it. I fucking hate beer. And if Stone Cold tossed a fucking can of hams or whatever at me, I'd slog through that shit and I'd be like, oh. 
thank you. I feel so honored by this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then, but then, of course, the moment is short lived. We uh, Kane kind, and then here comes Kane and Mankind out of nowhere. Uh, they stomp out Austin, and then here's the ooh, ooh, interesting. Steve is Undertaker does come over, but he grabs Mankind. And starts brawling with him and leaves Kane to Undertaker to Austin. Yeah. Me. Oh my God. Oh my God. We are the not Cahoot- done. Cahootson. The Cahootson is I not over. This. Oh my God. Can we just settle on something, please? No. It's going to turn out that he. Uh, uh. Absolutely not. And I then, hate it because so much. this episode of Raw has just been so great, we needed more. This oh, is one absolutely we get to watch this, the unaired overrun. This is the extra attitude episode. This is one of the extra attitude episodes. It's been a very long time since we did one of these, so I will explain. Basically, for for a select few raws, the kind of the raws that they have the footage, the like after the show dark footage of that's in good quality. They air, they add that onto the end of the Peacock. They have a big, like, extra attitude. And then you see it. Uh, we had that happen at the end of the last time we were in the Attitude Era. Okay. Uh, there was that we got to see a big brawly brawl that happened after yeah, the I show remember went that. off air. I remember that. So now we get Dude, it this, again here. This one this is much less interesting, is, quite it's frankly. so fucking lame. Literally, basically, like, Kane and Austin have a little tussle in the ring. Austin just kind of eventually gets the stunner on him, and Taker's looking on from the ramps. Taker, Taker, I will note that Taker has turned around, but when he when Austin hits the stunner, and then he turns back to the ring and sees Kane laid out, and he's like, mm, "I know what you did, Austin." And then, uh, yeah. I I will say is that it was during this moment I Rick I realized that Austin had a snake pattern on the back of his belt. Yes, I did. Super I did dope. This is too. this is he is carrying the special broken skull version of the WWE title. It is specifically yes. for him. He's got like a big skull on the front of it. That's his logo on the front of the belt. And yeah, apparently on the back they got a rattlesnake print. That's it's really sick. That's actually a really nice detail. I did catch that too. Um, man, I will say we give Hogan shit for excessive celebrating, but dear lord, Austin was not innocent of milking the moment. My man is going up to all four ring pose and being like, "Hey, yeah. just for just for like having a two second like little squash tussle with squash tussle with Kane." Like, okay, mm. you don't you don't need to jack yourself off that hard, buddy. Please calm down a little yeah. bit. But thus brings the end of the July 27th episode of oh, Raw. Blessedly. Um, I I am still kind of enjoying the Cahootsie mania for, if nothing else, how many twists and turns we can do to wind up in a circle. Um, I'm enjoying it because, uh, because all parties involved are capable of putting on good matches, that's and that's true, about it. I'm still well. fucking tired of the Cahoots shit getting drawn out to hell. But uh, it was funny as hell. The clearly mm. chosen one of the Brawl for All getting knocked the fuck out. That, that was, was beautiful. Very, very funny. Um, that was hysterical. Other than that, I don't have anything nice to say about this Raw. No, this was not 
one of the good ones. This was a very, very stupid one. Even the parts that I tolerated slash kind of liked were not... They were not stellar. There was nothing of worth here. It very impressively went from angles I don't care about to angles I actively dislike in a Mm. way that sometimes is not always so clean and nice and easy. But Austin, I choppy choppy your (sighs) pee-pee. I can't wait to talk about that. Oh, you Because the payoff Uh, to that is so fucking uh, dumb. Um, Because spoiler warning, they don't choppy choppy the pee-pee. Really? Really? You mean to tell me you mean to tell me that fucking Val Venus did not, in fact, get uh, castrated on live TV. No, his dick survived. Um, oh, wow. And I, and next time we are here in the Attitude Era, I will be here to give you in on all the details about how that happened. Exciting stuff. Look forward to it, folks. I know yeah. I am. Mm-hmm. But that's not for that's for a few weeks. That's like a month from now. That's that's that is August Austin's problems. Uh next hey. week, though, I'm excited for this. Now, because of the nature of our schedule of the show, and because I didn't want to change up the schedule just for my personal desires. Um that the we are next time we are going back to TNA. Mm-hmm. Uh because the last days of TNA, actually, they're pretty close to renaming themselves in the by the end of 2016. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, but you see, last month, I went to an Impact taping. Yes. My favorite wrestler in Impact, by far, is Courtney Rush, a.k.a. Rosemary. She is currently going through a bit where she is no longer playing Rosemary. And... If that were not bad enough, she didn't even wrestle on the thing I went to. She did the meet and greet on the pre-show. I met her. It was sick. Uh, but I didn't get to see her wrestle at all. Oof, so, also it is time for my most self-indulgent episode choice of all time. As the writer's time, barely disguised wrestling fetish. <laughs> as next time, we are going to be watching... The December 1st, 2016 episode of TNA Impact aired on my fucking birthday, I'll tell you that. Oh my god. As it's time to showcase my favorite, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Rosemary. Dude, he's been hyping this up for a while. My man's so excited. And you know what? You know what? With all the fucking Attitude Era nonsense you're having to put yourself through for this arc... You've earned it. You've earned it. I uh, I can't. I can't be mad. Uh, let's let's do it. I need a palate cleanser. <laughs> you need a palate cleanser. We all need some rosemary in our lives. That's true. Uh, Outstanding. But that's that's for next time. Until then, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir, dear friends. Thank you all so much for joining us in yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We are so glad to have you here. Returning listeners, viewers, what have you? Hey. You know the drill. Hi. Hi again. Thank you so much for being here, welcoming us once again back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever the hell it is you use to consume our content. We're just so happy to have you here. You know this. Thank you. Um, uh, New people. Hey, 
Hi, how's it going? Welcome to the show. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like and speak. We are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you're brand new to the wild, wacky world of wrestling or you're a veteran of all the weird bullshit, either way, we are so very delighted to have you here. We hope you've had a good time. Uh, we hope things felt accessible to you. Things felt, felt welcoming. Um, uh, we hope you want to keep Having a great time with us coming back week after week after week. And I'm going to tell you all the ways you can do so. First and foremost, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Bring that bell. Make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode. Um, uh, give us that mm, sweet, sweet engagement. Uh, check out all of our playlists. Austin has been kind enough to organize all the storylines that we follow into their own separate playlists. So you can follow something all the way down. Without having to skip around a whole lot, it's great. And hey, on the YouTube, it's video, so you can see our beautiful faces. My ugly-ass Jerry Lawler effigy, I mean Funko Pop. Um, and just all the all the great little uh, facial expressions of sheer pain that Austin and I make as we go through this for you people. Um, but of course, if, you, if you're if you a fan of the audio-only experience, we have you covered there as well. You can find us on three of the best places to find your podcast, which of course are Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Come give us a listen there. Uh, download our show. Uh, rate our show, review our show, maybe a nice little five stars and some kind words saying these guys are pretty cool. Maybe more people should be listening to them. I don't know. I'm just saying it's been falling off the top of my head here. Uh, either way, all of your engagement, your support means the world to us. Those metrics help us out a ton. So please, please, please come and check us out on any of those platforms and, you know, maybe give us a little bit of a shout if you're feeling generous. Um, so of course we exist past this little void that we find ourselves in week after week. We do have some semblance of lives outside of it. Um, so you can find us a couple other places on the interwebs as well when we're not d- directly doing this show. Uh, you can find us first and foremost on our Twitter at Noobs and Knox Pod. That's at Noobs, the letter N, Knox Pod. Come check us out there. We we just, we just do the whole Twitter thing. Memes, discourse. Uh, we post every single time we drop a brand new episode so you guys always know what the hell is going on. The highlight of our Twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. On TBS, we are watching, of course, AEW Dynamite and tweeting all about that good shit. Uh, this being an AEW household, at least at least on my end, anyhow. Um, when we can, we also like to throw in the two B shows as well, um, which of course are uh, Saturday or Friday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on TNT. We are watching what else? AEW Rampage because it is the show that y'all been waiting on. I I, I say this as we recorded during Rampage tonight, but you know, when when I can, I do it. Uh, and then, of course, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern on Saturday nights on TNT is da-na-na, da-na-na, Saturday nights all right for fighting because it is, of course, AEW Saturday Night Collision. Uh, uh, I'm at the helm of a lot of this. Again, I, this is an AEW household. Uh, I do my best to at least throw some kind of commentary out there. And unlike, uh, and unlike you, no one likes my tweets. Hey, hey, you 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 a couple good ones. Uh, you we 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 have our we we each have our specialties. You're very good at like actually engaging with like the things people are saying in like an intelligent manner because you know what the fuck is going on is like you know as that a wrestling commentator. <laughs> sometimes it does, and I'm just over here saying dumb shit, and sometimes that gets engagement. You know, a little bit of Vine referencing. You know, you know how it be. Um, uh, <laughs> but either way, uh, on top of all of that, 
Um, Austin, the knockout, of course, is a very diligent boy. He has his own wrestling things that he likes to keep up with. Sometimes he'll tweet about them, and he just likes to tell you all about them, especially for all you noobs out there who listen to us. Uh, you know, if you want to get the comprehensive wrestling onboarding experience, you know, watching along with us, checking out our live tweeting, we like to give you all of the options of what you can check out, the pay-per-views you can watch, all that good stuff. Austin's privy to all that. Uh, and again, sometimes he tweets about it too. So my friend, what is on the docket and coming up? Sure. So for the WWE is up. That's us start with them because on August Ooh. 5th is SummerSlam. We are closing in, in on that. Detroit. Yeah, it is in Detroit at, for- at the yeah. Ford Field. Um, if you would like to watch, uh, first of all, the weekly shows on uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, Wednesday, uh, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern on USA Network. Uh, and SmackDowns mm-hmm. are Friday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Uh, and for SmackDown, for to watch WWE shows, you can do so at Peacock, the same place that we yes. watch 90% of the stuff that we watch on this podcast. It's also on that. It's live. Hey. You know, all you need is a subscription to to Peacock, you know, they don't, WWE has been out of the pro- proper pay-per-view business for a, over a decade now. That's crazy yeah. to think about. They are um, now PLEs or PLEs. The PLEs. All right. For AEW upcoming, they have, uh, we're having two shows kind of one week after the other, which means hopefully one of these is not a pay-per-view. Um, mm. As we, we get on August 27th, we will have All In at Wembley Stadium. They've already sold like 70,000 oh tickets for this thing. It's fucking insane how much how much tickage has been going on here. going to be nuts. Um, oh, man. It, it you know... And um, for AEW, that we don't know how we can watch that yet. They're nope. apparently working it out with Warner Brothers Discovery to, de- HBO, to determine how HBO, to, HBO. to determine how to do that. Yeah, Max. That hopefully we can do that on. We can do this on Max. Please. Or I don't know. Please just or give I don't us know, that man. Max deal. Or I don't know, man. Considering every, every, all of Hollywood's on strike, maybe put this shit on cable. Because what else Fuck. do you have to air on August 27th? Legitimately, though. Fuck. And then the next week uh, is expected to be AEW All Out, um, which will be a regular pay-per-view event. AEW does four of them a year. Um, Absolutely. You can, you can well, buy those. Now, but you you know. can get those. Uh, well, well, that's true. Five a year. You can do yeah. those. Uh, you can buy those where you would normally buy pay-per-views as well as on Fight TV if you are international or international. Or, and Bleacher uh, uh, Report if you are in America. If you, or, if or, you hate yourself. And some movie theaters, apparently. Yeah, yes, um, it's a good time. Now, for Impact Wrestling, by the time this airs, it will have taken place after Impact's most recent pay-per-view, uh, Slammiversary, but not, uh, but ha- but it also hasn't happened yet, so I can't, I can't see the future. Um, so Impact's next show is, uh, funny enough, same day as All In. It is oh. Impact Plus exclusive event, Ooh. Emergence. Um. So for Impact Wrestling, you can watch that week to week. Uh, Thursdays at 8 p.m. on Axis TV. 
but nobody has that channel. So I'll go ahead and just tell you the other way you can do it with a YouTube channel subscription to impact wrestling. It's like a dollar a month and you can watch impact live every week for at 8 30 PM to 10 o'clock commercial free uh mm. impact plus is their streaming service i think i don't remember if this is, i don't remember if it's 7.99 a month or 10 or 9.99 i think 7.99 um but that impact plus is its own streaming service and that is where you can watch uh various uh special sh event shows to uh that fill out a impacts pay-per-view schedule that aren't like true pay-per-views so, you know, as we, as we get to those weeks for all those shows I just mentioned, I will talk more about the matches to, uh, I'll preview those matches as the shows get closer. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Be sure to check all that out. Again, if you're, if you're onboarding to wrestling, it's, it's fun to shop around, find the type of thing, uh, you most enjoy. All three companies have their own distinct feel to them. Um, uh, and, uh, and on top of that, um, uh, you know, the pay-per-views in general are a really a great experience for jumping on. Like, you know, you're almost guaranteed to get some pretty fucking solid matches on them. Um, uh, you know, a lot of stories are finishing up. A lot of stories are starting up. You know, it's a really great jumping on points. We like to tell you guys all about that. And, hey, you can follow, watch along with us if you like listening to us ramble about wrestling for hours on end for some reason. You know, the voices track pretty well. Austin and I. Austin can be a pretty fucking insightful guy, and I, you know, maybe I'm funny. Some people seem to think so. You know, many, many people are saying, well, few people are saying this, few such cases. Um, uh, anyway, um, so be sure to check all that out on the Twitter at Noobs and Noxpot. Of course, you want to get in super direct, long-form contact with us, you can do that at our email address, because we also have one of those, ain't that nifty, noobsandknockoutspot at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word, and this time, knockoutspot at gmail dot com come say hi to us there tell us what you think about the show tell us what uh you know request things you want to see us cover on the show um uh respond to our hot takes either in the positive or the negative start discourse with us um just generally say hi we love people saying hi we love talking we love saying hi back uh noobs and knockouts pod at gmail Dot com and of course finally we also have a patreon account ain't that nice we are also the noobs and knockouts podcast on patreon one dollar a month gives you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode shout out to of course the sugar daddy kyle smith for his delightful over-the-top contribution to our show we love you buddy you're the best enjoy your perks if you want to enjoy those perks alongside our boy kyle be sure to just give a single single little bone uh to the patreon noobs and knockouts podcast the link for that is in our twitter we promise it'll be worth your while see y'all next time uh still away go